Welcome to Try Friend Heroes, a Legend of Zelda podcast. I'm Ellen. I'm Kayla. I'm Kazem. And I'm Ben. <gasps> ben! Hello. Do you leave the door open again, Ellen? Yeah, I let another person in. <laughs> yeah, today we have our friend Ben as a guest to help us talk about Ocarina of Time. And I thought we would start by having you tell us about your experience with the Zelda series, because that's basically how I decided that you should come to this recording. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so Ocarina of Time was my first Zelda game. I really knew nothing about the series. I grew up a little bit sooner than you all, so I had my first <laughs> system was a, was a SNES. And I did beat-em-ups and Street Fighter and uh, football games and that kind of stuff. And I finally got Ocarina of Time just because I had heard about it. And even my own teacher said I needed help thinking outside the box. So imagine <laughs> me in the Great Deku Tree in the first chamber, I think trying to get the compass or the map, probably the map, and sitting there with a Deku stick, seeing a lit torch, an unlit torch, <laughs> and just going back and forth, going, I just, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> so I gave up on the game for a long time, came back to it, uh, got some game facts, had me, basically helped me with everything for the rest of the game. And it just essentially changed my opinion or my understanding of how video games could work. A, how long they could be, <laughs> that they could tell a great story, that they could, you know, it was also implementing a lot of th stuff. I know we'll get to that, but it was just, you know, I, I played it every year of the rest of my childhood after that. That's how much I loved it. So when I heard you guys were doing this, I just, I had to jump in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you also were like, you needed, you needed me there when you were talking about the SNES and you all said you mm -hmm. never played it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nice. I'm excited to talk about, would you say this is your favorite Zelda game? Oh. Or have later, a late, has a later one replaced it? In well, we all know Breath of the Wild really kind of upended everything, and it's my favorite now for sure. Um, yeah, it's in terms of execution, it's really hard to say that Breath of the Wild hasn't just it's 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 a, it's a one A and one B, but in terms of influence and again with the story, I, I think Ocarina of Time is still my favorite game ever, and I played a lot of great games, but. It just, it's like I said, it completely, I never played an RPG before, so it just completely, mm -hmm. you know, with puzzles and everything else, it just changed my understanding of what video games were capable of, let mm -hmm. alone how, you know, amazingly executed it could be. So, yeah, it's still, it's still there for me. It probably always mm -hmm. will be. Nice. I mean, I think it, it's not just you. I think it, like, changed the way that people, that, like, the gaming industry thought about what games could be, too. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for telling us about your background with Legend of Zelda, and I'm excited to jump into Ocarina of Time today. So today we're discussing the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. In this game, an orphan, definitely not Kokiri boy named Link, <laughs> is the key to saving the world from evil. Link must courageously travel through time using a magical ocarina given to him by Princess Zelda to awaken the sages and defeat a once-in-a-hundred-year Gerudo-born thief <laughs> named Ganondorf. <laughs> mm -hmm. As you do. Yeah, it's, it definitely as Link does, for sure. <laughs> Seems to keep happening again and again. <laughs> this highly acclaimed, perennially ported, fourth best-selling N64 game of all time was released in Japan and North America in November 1998, and it's been, like, ported and remade or sort of remade multiple times to the GameCube, 3DS, Wii, Wii U, and Switch mm -hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to talk about it instead of my, like, ridiculous summary, <laughs> an actual <laughs> discussion of the story of the game. <laughs> Is that your uh, smooth no, yeah. That's my cue. <laughs> yeah, it's my, it's my seamless segue <laughs> to you. <laughs> it would have been, it would have worked fine if Kayla just picked it up. <laughs> <clears throat> so Ocarina of Time is basically the backstory from A Link to the Past, 
about how Ganondorf made his way into the Sacred Realm to steal the Triforce, which is kind of neat. We start with Link as a young boy who has grown up in the forest among a forest people called the Kokiri, who are watched over by a powerful spirit known as the Great Deku Tree. Strange nightmares plague Link as the Deku Tree discusses the evil he senses seeping into the land of Hyrule. He sends a fairy named Navi to bring Link to him, so that the boy can begin to meet his great destiny. Navi brings Link, and the Deku Tree tells him of a curse that has been laid on him, and asks Link to enter the tree and break the curse. Link successfully defeats the monster at its source, but when he emerges, the Deku Tree tells him that it was already too late, and he will soon die. He was only testing Link's courage. He tells Link the story of the three goddesses who created the land of Hyrule, leaving the Triforce behind when they were done. And he tells Link that he must never allow the evil man who has cast the curse upon him, Ganondorf, to enter the Sacred Realm and gain the Triforce's power. He gives Link the spiritual stone of the forest that Ganondorf had been seeking, and tells him to go to Hyrule Castle to meet the princess. With Navi at his side, Link sets out on his journey. He enters the castle and manages to sneak into the courtyard and meet the young princess, Zelda. Zelda is startled to see him, but quickly grows excited, as she had had a prophetic dream of the arrival of a boy from the forest carrying the spiritual stone, who would stop the coming evil. She tells Link of the Triforce's power to grant the wish of anyone who holds it, and how the entrance to the Sacred Realm has been sealed behind the Door of Time within the Temple of Time to protect it. The only way to open the door is with the three spiritual stones, as well as a treasure protected by the royal family, the Ocarina of Time. She warns of the man named Ganondorf, who has falsely pledged allegiance to the king and has been worming his way closer, as she is sure that he is the evil force she saw in her dream. The two of them make a plan to reach the Triforce before Ganondorf, and Zelda promises to protect the Ocarina while Link goes to obtain the other two spiritual stones. Link travels to meet the Gorons of Death Mountain and the Zora of Zoro's Domain, who have both been troubled by the evil spreading through the land. He helps each with their problems and receives their spiritual stones and thanks. But when Link returns to the castle, he finds Zelda fleeing on horseback with her guard Impa. Zelda spots him as they rush by, and she tosses the Ocarina of Time into the castle moat. Ganondorf appears shortly after, pursuing them. Link bravely draws his sword and attempts to confront him, but Ganondorf easily knocks him aside with a blast of magic and rides off after the princess. Link retrieves the ocarina from the moat and enters the Temple of Time. He places the spiritual stones and plays the ocarina, opening the door. Inside rests the legendary Blade of Evil's Bane, the Master Sword. Link enters the chamber and pulls the sword from its pedestal, opening the way to the Sacred Realm. Unfortunately, it turns out that Ganondorf had suspected their plan and followed Link back to the temple. He taunts Link for leading him right to the Sacred Realm, just before the boy loses consciousness. A voice calls to Link, waking him up within a strange, ethereal room. The voice belongs to a man named Rauru, who claims to be one of the ancient sages who originally built the Temple of Time to protect the Sacred Realm. He explains that Link is in the Sacred Realm right now, within the Temple of Light. He tells Link to look at himself, revealing that he is no longer a child, but a young man now. Link was worthy enough to pull the Master Sword from its pedestal, but was too young to bear the title of the Hero of Time, so he was sealed within the Sacred Realm for seven years until he was old enough. Rauru... Rauru... This is really hard to say... <laughs> <laughs> it's not as bad as like Sahasrara yeah. or whatever it was from well, um, Rauru warns <laughs> that's difficult yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true 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 <laughs> Rauru warns Link of how the spread of Ganondorf's evil has corrupted the land of Hyrule in that time but there's still hope the power of the sages remains in the world and Link as the hero of time is able to awaken that power Link is sent back to the temple of time to begin his new quest but as he goes to leave a figure suddenly appears behind him this figure is named Sheik, and they claim to be a member of the mysterious Sheikah tribe, who have long served the royal family of Hyrule. Sheik passes on a legend of the Sheikah people that tells of the hero of time awakening the sages within the five temples of Hyrule, and directs him to start at the Forest Temple. So Link travels to the Forest Temple, then the Fire Temple, Water Temple, Shadow Temple, and Spirit Temple. He defeats the evil corrupting each location and awakens their sages, 
all of whom are people Link met and helped as a child. The sages take their places and grant their power to Link, and Raru tells Link to meet someone who is waiting for him in the Temple of Time before the final battle. Link goes there and meets Sheik again. Sheik explains one final piece of the Triforce legend, that it is a balance of the three forces of power, wisdom, and courage, and that if the heart of one who holds the Triforce is not in balance, it will split into three parts, only allowing that person to claim one, while the other two seek out hosts who strongly represent the other forces. When Ganondorf touched the Triforce, it split, and he was only able to claim the Triforce of power. It granted him incredible strength and made him a king, but in his greed he was not satisfied, and he's been seeking out the ones who hold the other pieces. Sheik tells Link that he is the bearer of the Triforce of Courage, while the Triforce of Wisdom dwells within the missing Seventh Sage. Sheik then reveals that they are in fact Princess Zelda, the Seventh Sage, who has been in disguise in order to help Link without being detected by Ganondorf. Mm -hmm. <gasps> <laughs> Zelda eagerly explains how they and the other sages will now be able to lure Ganondorf back into the Sacred Realm and seal him away. But before they get too far, Ganondorf himself crashes the party, sealing Zelda in a crystal prison and taking her away to his castle. He taunts Link to come and challenge him, hoping to claim all three pieces of the Triforce. Link enters the castle, and together with the sages, he dispels the barriers protecting Ganondorf and confronts the King of Evil at the top of the castle tower. After a long battle, Link emerges victorious, and Zelda is freed. But Ganondorf uses the last of his power to collapse the tower, hoping to trap the two under the rubble. They make it out just in time, but a desperate Ganondorf emerges from the ruins of the castle, and the power of the Triforce he wields, along with the hatred in his heart, transforms him into a huge, hideous beast known as Ganon. Link defeats this creature as well, using the Master Sword to strike the final blow, and the Seven Sages use their power to seal Ganondorf away, as he swears to escape one day and seek his revenge. With Hyrule now at peace, Zelda thanks Link for all he's done, and apologizes for getting him involved. To make up for it, she uses the ocarina to send Link back to his original time, able to live out his childhood as normal. Navi leaves, for reasons, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Navi's no longer needed, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Her purpose has been fulfilled. Yeah. And the young Link seeks out the young Princess Zelda once again, presumably to tell her all of Ganondorf's plans and stop it all before it begins. The end. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Except not. <laughs> Ocarina of Time is actually holds a very critical place in the uh, Zelda timeline discussion because it splits the timeline into uh, three different lines mm -hmm. in the official timeline. Yes. There's the adult timeline where Link was sent back to his childhood and therefore there's no Link. Uh, the Child Timeline, where Link grows up as normal and lives out his life. And then the Hero Defeated Timeline, where Link does not defeat Ganondorf. Which one goes to which game? Do you know offhand? I forget. I've seen the chart. Uh, the but... Adult Timeline leans to Wind Waker, because right. the Hero wasn't there when Ganondorf emerged. Uh, the Child Timeline goes to Majora's Mask and other stuff. Uh, and then the defeated timeline goes to A Link to the Past and the original Legend of Zelda. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there was time travel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can I just say that I I went into this game knowing nothing about any of it. So uh, getting the three gemstones and coming back toward the castle, I thought I was going toward the final mm -hmm. battle. End of the game. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I, I figured, wow, this is really cool, but I guess we'll see how this ends. So him all of a sudden being older and walking outside and seeing the desolation was a total jaw dropper mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. you know, and instilled that like, I have to fix this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, yeah. what have I done? Um, it was a great way to pull that off. I felt the same way. Cause Wind Waker was like the first game that I played and it's the same sort of like structure where it's like, first you get three things and then you do something else. 
And I was like, oh, good. I got the three things. And then you're like, oh, wait, I have to go get all this other stuff. Because I'm pretty sure it's like a combination where there's like, you got to go pick up all the Triforce strides. I think that's the thing after, right? And so, um, <laughs> so yeah, that like you do three things and there's something else. The mm -hmm. first time I experienced that, it was the same. Yeah. And, it had and then this game especially. And a link huh? to the past too. Yeah. Yes. To get three things and then the game changes on you. <laughs> And then it was get 14 things, which is <laughs> the hard part. A few too many things. <laughs> you have to go to like the seven sages things and then you have to do the seven, This you have to rescue the seven, yeah, the seven sages daughters. Then you have to go beat the seven like things in the dark world also. So there's like 14 mm -hmm. things after mm -hmm. instead of whatever, like the six sages and the, the I guess the secondly seven sages in this game. But yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is even for me when it's like you walk out of the, um, you walk out of the Temple of Time as an adult, and it's like, holy shit! Like the world is full <laughs> mm -hmm. of re-deads. The like um, Death Mountain is like there's the huge storm on top of Death Mountain. Like the whole thing is fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, wow, I'm really not about this. Yeah. <laughs> I I complained in our 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 podcast planning chat group about having to walk through the re-deads every oh, yeah. fucking time. <laughs> yeah. You're not in a temple. <laughs> yeah, even though it gets coming, it's a big like, oh whoa mm -hmm. moment. <laughs> Yeah, the world's really messed up. Yeah. And, and also, you're like, I'm going to save the world. And then you walk out and you're like, I fucked up the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, yeah. that's what it feels like. Because mm. <laughs> basically, like, because you played the Ocarina of Time, then Ganon is able to get, or Ganondorf is able to get into the Sacred mm -hmm. Realm. Mm -hmm. Right? So you and Zelda's right. plan does technically fuck up the world. Mm -hmm. But then you technically fixed it. So it's fine. Yeah. Everything's it was, fine. It was a nice introduction <laughs> to a villain being like, okay, so I was simply one step ahead and let you do the work mm -hmm, for me. Thank mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm, basically. <laughs> and he claims that the whole time, too, where, like, then when you get to the end and he's like, God, I've lured you both here, other holders of the Triforce. And you're like, did you, though? Like, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, for our characters this time, we've got our classic trio, of course, of Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf. Mm -hmm. Though notably, this is the first time we see Ganondorf in his non-monster form. That is true. Dwarf form. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> dwarf, his dwarf element. <laughs> <laughs> they also like added the backstory that he's a Gerudo specifically mm -hmm. because he was like a thief. He was the king of thieves in yeah. like, the mm -hmm. past. Yeah, um, we got a lot of new uh, like lore. species or races, whatever you want to call mm -hmm, them, mm -hmm. in this game. <laughs> yeah. um, you got the Gorons, who you know, are mm -hmm. pretty iconic in the Zelda series, and the Zora, who technically existed before, but they're so different <laughs> in this game that they might as well be yeah. a different species. They're NPCs as opposed to enemies. Yeah. Which is the yeah. difference. And they're blue instead yeah. of green. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Then <laughs> the Gerudo, who are, I guess they're playing it now, they're a bit, uh... Like, yeah, it's a little questionable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they get better later on. When, and even in this game, they don't, you know, they have them, like, become your allies, and you have, like, Nibiru as one of the sages and stuff. But mm -hmm. still, it's like, it's like, huh, we're going with the dark-skinned desert people yeah. <laughs> being the source of evil in the world. With, like, a variety of appropriated clothing yeah. styles mm -hmm. and their design. I was trying to Google it, and I was like, I don't even know how to Google this mm -hmm. because it's not one thing. And, yeah. yeah. And then, like, sort of generic desert music, which I guess we could talk about. But I was like, this sounds kind of, like, not... I don't... I don't know what we're going though. for. It's great. No, yeah. I don't... But it kind of sounds like uh, it's got like, Western it's got like Spanish cowboy guitar music. And... Yes, yes. Yeah. And it has like, that's what I'm trying to say. It kind mm -hmm. of sounds like music that we'd hear in like the Southwest US where it has that like influence from like Latin music. But mm -hmm. then it has that like do-do-do-do, like a 
kind of western movie like mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like to me okay yeah, yeah, yeah. without yeah. without putting a lot of without <laughs> i didn't research all the specific elements but yes mm-hmm. it has like spanish guitar and then it has like some other things and then yeah it's like we're where are we i don't know but yeah. anyway right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. the story is like um they're all women but uh, every hundred years a male yes. is born so ganondorf mm-hmm. is that male mm-hmm. and he was destined to be king because he's the only male mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I'm fascinated yeah. by how their reproduction must work. Is it like a parth- <laughs> is it like a parthenogenesis well, play- kind of thing? Or- yeah, but did you all? No, 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 no. They all leave. Did you see? Did there's canon for that in Breath of the Wild? Did mm-hmm. you go and like talk to them? In the yeah, but it's like have, how like, do they school. have purebred like <laughs> they Gerudos don't? I guess children. <laughs> I so, don't know. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's children and they're there? Question mark. <laughs> Maybe their genes are just so strong. Or they could be like those um <laughs> that lizard. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was like a parthenogenesis kind of thing. Oh, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, like, okay. uh, It's like yeah. a skink. There's like some skink species that are all female. Do they change sex, though? No, no. they're just made out of species and are able to, like, I don't know, uh, reproduce and make it their own, the same species as they are? I don't know. They, it's like the, um, I think you're thinking of the Asari from Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Is that are, not how that works? <laughs> No, I think they're it's like the same genetics, but like they'll like mate with each other to like trigger the like reproduction thing or something. It's been a while since I read about it, but hmm. mm-hmm. I didn't expect to have an animal break in this episode, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Although we could talk about the greatest uh boss of all time, King Dodongo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I was really happy to have dinosaurs back in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause Ben, I don't know if you played have you ever played any of the games bef- that are older than this one? Uh, only very briefly. I, I, I've never gotten so much into the top-down games, which mm-hmm. my wife, Maya, would, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've always been a lot of the Twilight Princess type stuff, so yeah. mm-hmm. I don't have much memory of the older stuff. I, too, personally prefer the 3D ones, but the, in Link to the Past, there are, there's many, uh, dinosaur <laughs> boss. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yes. A dinosaur-shaped boss. And in, I guess, in regular Legend of Zelda, too. In the first Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regular. So, yeah, and other, uh... New species are the Sheikah, which are the uh, ninja-like tribe that used to protect the royal family and are almost extinct. They've sort of been, like, there's always been a character named Impa in several of the older games. Yes. And she's confirmed as a Sheikah in this game, so you can kind of assume that the previous ones were also Sheikah. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is the first time they're introduced as a people, and they're always a cool, mysterious thing going forward. It's like the Shika the Shika eye symbol always appears on things yeah. and people are like, Ooh, what does this mean? Magic. <laughs> and now we have the Shika Slate. This yes, mm-hmm. the Shika Slate in Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild. But I was gonna say you get the magic eye thing mm-hmm. in the magic lens or whatever it's called. Oh, it's yeah, a yeah. Yes. The lens, lens of truth. Lens of truth. Yeah. Yes. And then the Kokiri forest people who are probably less iconic than their successors, the Koroks, but mm-hmm. are <laughs> Yes. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> <laughs> and the baby Deku tree. Oh. Yeah, you got the first appearance of the Great Deku Tree here. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You got uh, the Seven Sages again. And this time they actually have like names and personalities and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're also like they're not just like I think the Seven Sages were sort of like ethereal dudes in the the in Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we just saw their daughters, right? We didn't. Yeah, even see they them. were just like so mysterious were... dudes in the past who sealed away Ganondorf. And... Yeah, <laughs> but these are like. It's kind of interesting because it's like a different collection of, of people from all the different like tribes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lands of Hyrule. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. You got 
Shiku is Zelda, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it kind of adds an interesting uh, twist to Zelda's story in the game. Like, yeah, you know, like she's out there doing stuff the whole time, mm-hmm. not just hiding away somewhere. She taught you most of the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah. apparently a wicked uh, <laughs> player, player. <laughs> <laughs> or harp player. I don't know. Harp like, probably both. Both. But <laughs> both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have some duets, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. including the saucy bolero of friendship, or whatever. It's called. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. A lot of camera angles on that one. That's my favorite song from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> no, but but the scene, the scene with the most camera angles yeah. is Drunia's dance to oh, Saria's no. song. I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> I yeah, mean, he, it's a, it's yeah. definitely a bop, but like, yeah. do we need all of the angles? I don't know. <laughs> that started up. I'm like, uh, I'm glad when Zelda is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Zelda is weird, yeah. in general. But like, that was particularly funny and strange, mm-hmm. yeah. and I liked it. Yeah. So now I feel better. Let me tell you about all our problems. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you got Navi, who gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Navi is fine. Also, Navi is Navi helps you in in battle, except for the Ganondorf battle. Yeah, which I'm definitely not bitter about, but <laughs> it's fine. I think that's just a bad choice mechanically. It's like we've introduced this whole revolutionary new system because we know that targeting is weird and. 3D with our janky camera controls, and then we're going to take it away from the final <laughs> boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you get it for Ganon, yeah. which is helpful. Mm-hmm. And also, it's interesting because it's Z targets like the back and the front, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do like how However. they make it like a character thing for Navi. Like, she's upset yes. that she can't help you. And then the last thing, she's like, there's no way he's holding me back this time. Yeah. Yeah. Character growth for yeah. Navi. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a problem with Navi. I don't think Navi is mm-hmm. annoying. I think her voice is cute and she's easy to ignore. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hey, yeah. listen to her <clears throat> advice or anything. Yeah. And she does also give like the same advice over and over again for the most part. So like once you hear it like once and you're like, I can just ignore mm-hmm. you. Or it's like, oh my God, there's an, an enemy over there. And you're like, I see that Navi. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. Not exactly yes. a Jar Jar Binks type thing. No, no. <laughs> I, it is sort of funny if you like walk too close to a door. For a while, and then you're like, "Oh, Navi's trying to tell me something," and she's like, "You can't go through a locked door without a key." And you're like, "Thanks, you're like, Navi." Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's bars on the door. You can't open it. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Were you gonna say something, Ben? Uh, nope. Um, oh, okay. I I agree. Open closed bars is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you, Navi. <laughs> Um, I didn't have King Zora on my notable characters list, but if you want to talk about King Zora, what? go ahead. <laughs> well, so you were talking about the Zora, and I was just going to talk about how he has the longest fucking scooch yeah. in the world <laughs> in that scene. I was like, when you... So what happened also in our chat for background is that Kayla got to the King Zora uh, cutscene before me, and so she posted this video, and I was like, oh, he's wiggling his little feet. He's, like, dancing. That's cute. No, he is scooting out of the way for you, and it takes, like, a whole minute, which is hilarious. And he goes, yeah. like, wait. Wait. Yeah, because <laughs> he <has a> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. he's a giant it's fish man. Funny. Zora the man fish or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's whatever they said. <laughs> They're both annoying. Like they like uh, the King Zora and Rudo. <laughs> At least oh, Child yeah. Rudo is annoying. Well, it, it was annoying for me knowing I played this game like fifteen times, only to find out that you can use Rudo as a weapon. Yes, <laughs> which we told you. <laughs> yes. No, I had no clue. So that was amazing to find out. Yeah, you can throw Rudo. Hot mm-hmm. tip for anyone who's playing this game when you're in Jabu Jabu's belly and Rudo's like, you have to carry me. And you're like, fuck you. You can throw Rudo at the jellyfish and that's a good way to get rid of them. 
Yeah, without getting without getting zapped. Yeah, I always <laughs> just assumed it would uh, get her hurt and you'd fail your mission or whatever. No, apparently it, she has a hard, rock hard butt. <laughs> you can just throw her at whatever you want, and it's fine. It's just Although I did try to throw her at the wiggly jelly thing, and it didn't work, and she like fell in the hole, and I was like, I think I killed the princess. <laughs> but then yeah. she just you got it. You. you go out the back door, and she's like, "How rude! <laughs> You're a man. Why did you leave me? Now pick me up and carry me through the rest of this dungeon." <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> You're like, I'll just, I'll be right back. And also, you need her to sit her on one of the buttons yeah. or something. Yeah. Which is also yeah. hilarious. So, <laughs> good times. Actually, on multiple buttons mm-hmm. that didn't look like buttons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Whatever. Well, it is inside of a fish. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like a, a push stool or a, an ulcer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, could be. Yeah. I didn't know fish had buttons, but maybe they do. I've never. <laughs> it's like, have you ever been inside a fish? I've not. Yeah, I've never been inside a giant fish. <laughs> well, we did watch Pinocchio a few weeks ago. I don't recall. Oh, yeah. Nightmare Fuel? You mean the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Pinocchio in a long time, though, so that's a statement that's coming from childhood for sure. It's pretty horrific. Not, like... <laughs> not, not, not to digress, it's still it's a great movie, but as a kid, it terrified me, and yeah, so yeah. I mean, Jabba Jabba's Belly is not exactly a dungeon that I loved, but... Jabba Jabba's Belly is was, kind of gross. It was super unique. <laughs> it's Can't really trippy. It's that. like, I was starting to, like, get, like... We were struggling. ...dizzy staring at the, like, pulsating walls and stuff. Yeah, it's we, like, wow. mm-hmm. Struggling with our adult motion sickness yeah. while playing this game, basically. <laughs> and, of course, that's the dungeon where you're trying to use the boomerang and get used to how that works. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're that's flinging true. your head all around trying to use the boomerang, and then the walls are, like, undulating. You're like, <laughs> I'm gonna barf if I look at this for more than... <laughs> Two more minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it also doesn't. In Wind Waker, the boomerang has multi-targeting, which is very handy, oh, and it, tar- yeah. it also targets items, which it does not do in at least the N sixty four version of Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they changed that for three DS. I think you but... can use it to get like the Sculptula tokens, but I don't know if mm-hmm. you can get anything else. Uh, can a kid like well, lose you... hearts and rubies? You just can't target it. You can't target it. You can yeah. pick them up, but you can't target it. Okay. Which you can in Wind Waker, mm-hmm. I think. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what I expected to be able to do, so my assumption is probably based off Wind Waker, so that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as a story note, I think this game established the, like, there's, like, people who hold the Triforce, mm-hmm. like, um, without knowing it, mm-hmm. which is a theme that comes back in multiple games, I think, later. Mm-hmm. As opposed to in the past, like, in other games where it's, like, the Triforce is a thing that you have to collect. It's like a, like, in, in the original... Uh, Legend of Zelda, you have to go collect the Triforce pieces to reform, like, one of the three mm-hmm. chunks of, three main chunks of the Triforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you gotta collect the other two in Zelda 2. Yes. But yeah, this is the first one where it's, like, Link is courage, Zelda's wisdom, and Ganondorf, Ganon is power. Mm-hmm. And how they sort of, like, have that, not really a duality, but a Triality? Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> How they're like, they're, the three are constantly like, mm-hmm. sort of in, in in fighting against each other. Yeah. yeah and it seems like yeah. Ganondorf like always has the Triforce of Power after this point, whereas like a lot of times you have to like collect it. <laughs> Since it's like always the same Ganondorf, but it's different links in <laughs> Zelda's. Which he even says in here, and he's, he's like, I'll hunt down your descendants or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, All oh right. good, we established sequels yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or, or the previous games because that's how the timeline is. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that was retconned heavily. Yeah. Retconned. Well, I mean, I think at this point it was. Yes. Yeah. Canon. Like this is the point where it like made that 
like established at that point. Like I think this mm-hmm. was the earliest game in the timeline when it came out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the the nice characters um, for the enemies <laughs> and stuff. Uh, uh, it's a fun game because you see a lot of the classic Zelda enemies make their uh, 3D uh, appearance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the first time. You know, Stealthos and Keys yep. and stuff. Tektites. Mm-hmm. Yep. From yes, the original. Yes. Flying tiles. 3D yeah. flying tiles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, hey, flying tiles are back in this dungeon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh-huh. like likes, which basically look like an undulating blob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we also introduce a few um, horrifying enemies, like uh, Skullchillas <laughs> and Rededs in this game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Skullchillas are only moderately horrifying. They're, I would describe them as kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you have to, if you hit them without using, like, a projectile, like, if you use your sword, they swing around, which is, like, kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you but, already don't like spiders, though, like, turning a quarter that, and seeing a giant fucking spider made yeah. out of the skull is, like, wow. Yeah, they, <laughs> they always pop out of the scene, yeah. too. Like, they're mm-hmm. never just, I guess sometimes they're there, like, the smaller ones are just there, but the big ones always fall down. Mm-hmm. You're, like, I was trying to walk down this hallway. Yeah. <laughs> like, one of my favorite moments is, I think it was the bottom of the well, where it's, like, the walls have, like, Ugh. we'll say, like, advice to you or whatever. Yeah. And one says, like, danger below, because there's, like, an invisible floor that you can fall through. Mm-hmm. And then another one, you walk toward it, and a skulltula falls on you, and then when you read the sign afterwards, it says, danger above. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the bottom of the well. Yeah. Even as an uh. adult, I was very unhappy to have to go in there. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you can walk through the back wall? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then it just get, got worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to tell my uh, re-dead story because since I didn't play this or Majora's Mask as a kid and they look very different in Wind Waker they do um, mm-hmm. so my first experience with this kind of re-dead was playing uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee because <laughs> um, they, they would appear in like they had like adventure levels that you could go through and mm-hmm. had like actual enemies uh. from the series but they could also come out of like boxes and stuff in like normal yeah. battles and, like, I had a friend at the time who we just kind of mess around. We wouldn't really fight. We'd just, like, start a thing with a really long time limit and just, like, mess around on the level. But we had a box open and a redead came out. And we're like, what the fuck is that? And <laughs> we, like, fled to the top platforms on the stage. And then yeah. eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to go down and kill it. And so I'd, like, hop down and, like, hit it. I'm playing Pikachu, by the way. So I hit it with little my little Pikachu feet. <laughs> And it collapses down, and I'm like, oh, it's dead. And then it's starting to get up again, and we're like, it's not dead! It's a zombie! <laughs> <laughs> At least it didn't, did it, like, grab onto you in Smash? Because these ones... I don't remember, I didn't ones, get close to it after it so started getting back up again. My first experience was Wind Waker, where they're essentially similar, but they look different, and they'll def- if they get close to you, they, like, grab onto you, mm-hmm. and, it's hor- well, and they scream, I, a horrifying scream. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same in this game, but they paralyze you for a second they do like, they do the scream and you can't move mm-hmm. and yeah it is it's not okay no yeah. and that's what the sun songs the sun song is for mm-hmm. i guess yeah. but mm-hmm. you can also hit them with the hook shot or the boomerang i think and stun them too mm-hmm. i started doing a lot of stunning with the hook shot at the end so it's like i'm tired of this yeah. nonsense mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> If you don't, oh. if you don't want to worry about the ocarina, you can also use the, uh, also use the hookshot for a lot of things. So what's what's creepier? You got your um, redeads, but then you got your wall shadow, like on the mm. forest temple oh, coming yeah. down. The um, um, wallmaster. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, this is definitely their uh, most horrifying appearance, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, they like, like the look hands. like a severed hand. Like they also grab your neck. The little ones grab your neck and choke mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. 
and I think in at least the, the only other experience that I can think of off the top of my head is from Wind Waker also, where it's like a shadow on the floor. Mm-hmm. So you can see them, even though they're kind of annoying, and they can, like, grab you from farther away. Mm-hmm. But they don't, like, choke you like the little ones do yeah. in Ocarina of In, like, the previous game, they're just, like, a pixelated hand, which is oh, yeah. less horrifying yeah. looking. So yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in uh, Link to the Past, they... they it, mm-hmm. Or is it? Yeah, it must have been Link to the Past. And then you got your, you know, Shadow Temple. We talked about this the other day. The dead hand. <sighs> mm-hmm. Oh, creepy yeah, yeah, face. Yeah. yeah, you had to let oh. him grab your head before it even come up. And then he'd have to get loose. And, and... he has weird little arms and a giant yeah. mouth and his texture is gross. Yeah. And then when you kill him, he sits there twitching with like his jaw, his like head all limp and weird. It's not okay. Everything about it is awful. Yeah. And everything about the that dungeon is awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Shadow Temple. The Shadow Temple. Yeah, I, I... Kayla mentioned spiders. Yeah, not... The bigger the spider, the more freaked out I get. So running into those... <laughs> I mean, that's like recurring nightmare stuff for me. <laughs> So. That one also has the room with the multiple wall masters, right? Where it's like the walls you have to use. It has like a little maze where you have to mm-hmm. use the Eye of Truth to see, see how to get to the door. Yes. It it turns oh, yes, the walls yes, yes. on. Yeah. The walls are invisible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That room. I didn't like that room. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, for me, it's the uh, the room with the guillotines. How you come that down and then a, a skeleton comes down and you're like, oh, fuck. And you that was the it. point when... You turn the corner and there's a skeleton like, oh, my God, fuck. Kill <laughs> also, it. you run into the big room and you fall off of something and then you have to do that over and over yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Which is what I was complaining about when mm-hmm. you were like, use for Roy's Wind. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I had to go, <laughs> go get that. Yeah. But still, it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. I did that so many times. I knew exactly where all the skeletons were. So I've just like walked up and wait for it to fall. Wait, so you there's a shortcut to get to the boss. Um, oh, I hadn't gotten to that room yet. You're talking oh, you about the boat room. Oh, okay, no, okay. I hadn't gotten there yet. I, I hadn't see. gotten to the boat room yet. Uh, okay. So it was like before the boat room, mm-hmm. which is weird in and of itself, but that's a separate yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, I have a really important question things. about the boat room. You played, who played, you know, Kayla played the Game Boy, the GameCube one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did the boat have on the front? Was it a skull? It was a bird thingy. Know? Okay, it was the bird yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The skulls introduced in the 3DS version. I think. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, they changed the imagery a little bit oh. for some reason. To yeah. me, it looked like not. I guess it's kind of a bird, but I also interpreted it as, as like maybe like an Anubis kind of shape. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was. But anyway, I was just curious about that. Yeah, I think one of the first statues is something like "point my beak at whatever." So yes, I was like, that's oh, it's right. A bird, but it's definitely got some Anubis qualities to it. With it the has big ears. Po- pointy mm-hmm. ears. Yeah, but it has a pointy beak. Which mm-hmm. kind of could be a dog. Anyway, whatever. I was just curious. Not yeah. to derail <laughs> talking about the enemies. No, but yes. I, I, I love that ship, though, because yeah. it starts to undulate up and down with the sound mm-hmm. of the the, 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 the music with the drums yeah. hitting. And it's like, yes. it, just, it just really kind of hits home the, the creepiness, the creepy factor. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're into the underworld. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was coming this time, but when I first played it, when I got to that room, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I think what had happened is, so I. I walked into the room and I saw the big block and I was like, oh, I need to move this. And then I saw behind the block there was like a thing to climb. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll climb up that and see where what that is. And I was like, oh, wait, I've already been in this room. And then I climbed down and the block had reset. And I was like, motherfucker. Oh, and I had to go all the way back God. around. Yeah, that was the part when I was complaining and you were like, you should always win. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I thought you said that you kept dying at the boss over and over again. No, I kept dying. Up. I kept just falling in the ro- the big cavern room. Basically, I would like uh, miss oh. something or whatever, <laughs> yeah, and have to redo the whole thing, the whole from because you have to go all the way through the hallway. Mm-hmm. 
which is annoying. Anyway, I felt several times in that room, and I was like, if I have to fight this Stelphos one more time, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> yeah. Because he's on a central platform, so you can't really, like, run past him. Cause you it's can't like, avoid it. The There's other no platform is route. moving, so you have to wait for, you have to time it. <laughs> and, like, the Stelphos isn't that difficult to beat, but you have to time your attacks. Yeah, he's so, like, annoying. Takes time. Mm. You yeah, can't just, it takes like, time. You can't just, like, bam, bam, bam. Like, he's got to You can you slash at their knees. Just, to... just like in Zelda 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's multiple. And then there's two staff holes on the boat. And if you get lucky, sometimes they jump off the side, which yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, I was fighting the one, and then the second one appeared. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. And then I was like, where'd the second one go? <laughs> yeah, they just fall off the yeah, boat sometimes, which off. is pretty funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. One time he fell off the boat onto the land, though, where you have to land. And I was like, god damn it, oh, now I have to oh. fight you. Yeah. I mean, oh. it was fine. It was just one of them, but yeah, it was annoying. <laughs> it was like, I was safe, and now you're here. <laughs> that was before I had Ferozen. Because I also don't think that, I don't, I think you're overestimating my ability to play video games <laughs> in general. <laughs> if, you, if you think that I don't need Ferozen for like everything. <laughs> hey, you beat Link, you beat Link Shadow. I did beat Link Shadow, yeah. and I beat yeah. Ganon and, Gandorf and Ganon. I beat <laughs> the game this time. Yeah. Also, how great is it that we actually beat the game this time? I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we beat we beat the Link to the Path. No, no, we beat Link's Awakening. We all beat Link's was... Awakening. I think me and Cousin beat. Did you beat the first one? I beat the first one. I just yeah. didn't beat Zelda two. It was Zelda, Zelda two and or Link Cousin, to the Past. Cousin didn't beat it, but that's because his computer died. I wasn't gonna <laughs> make it in time anyway. I was that's nowhere because... close. <laughs> I think what you mean is his water cooling that he installed yes. <laughs> failed. Yeah. <laughs> By broken, that's what you mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the other, and then I was, when Cosm was like, this getting into the Force Temple super hard in Link to the Past, in the Dark World, I was like, I'm not, I can't do another five dungeons mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. game. <laughs> there were so many. Yeah. And we had like two days left. Yeah. Anyway, so the point is, we did it this time, guys. Yeah. We did it. I almost didn't because I again I didn't think we were recording today, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh fuck, let me just finish it." Because I was I, I saw you beat it earlier today. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had beaten the child portion of the spirit dungeon, um, but I oh, had okay. to do the adult part and Ganon's castle. So the I adult part it. didn't take me that long. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, Ganon's castle took me a little while, mm-hmm. and basically every time I get to a boss, it takes me an extra day because what happens is like I'll be playing for a couple hours, and then I get to the boss, and then I try it a couple times, and I'm like. Like can't do it, mm-hmm. but then like if I sleep on it and go back to it, usually I can do it. I don't I don't know what it is, but I just like either it's taking a break or like whatever, and then I can just like do it. I don't know, but mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> Seamless transition to the bosses. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we had some recurring ones like Goma and Dodongo, who are just kind of staples mm-hmm. of the series at this point, and will continue things to be. You, <laughs> things where you shoot an eye, yes, or bomb a mouth, bomb a mouth, <laughs> <laughs> shoot an eye, bomb a mouth. That's the Zelda way. <laughs> yeah. If it has a big eye, you shoot it. And if it has, has a big, big mouth, mouth, you throw a bomb in it. <laughs> I've learned. Actually, isn't there a Wind Waker boss that has both of those at the same time? Yeah, the, um, it's like Gohan or something. He looks kind of like Bongo Bongo. Uh, he's a head and hands mm-hmm. boss. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah, you shoot the hands and then you throw a bomb in Yeah, he's got mouth. eyes in his hands that you shoot and then you Yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I know like floating hands and body is definitely a Nintendo game mm-hmm. staple, like in multiple games, like Bongo Bongo. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, that's like a recovered memory. Bongo Bongo it's been is a long time horrifying, maker. by the way. <laughs> I didn't yeah. like... But I struggled to fight Bongo Bongo. It took me a while, too. At first, I'm like, oh, this is silly. And then you look at him, and you're like, oh, oh well, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things not to like. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Bosses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of. Mm-hmm. 
we have Phantom Ganon, who's interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, I was really surprised there was a Phantom Ganon that early in the game. It's like Mm -hmm. the first temple after Mm -hmm. you're a child, like when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a Phantom Ganon in Wind Waker, and he's like more in the final stretch of the game. So Yeah. Phantom Ganon killed me as a kid. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I could not... I understand you could you could Z target him unlike Ganondorf, but mm-hmm. yeah, but you I can't... the fact that he was floating around the room and throwing these balls at you, and they were not timed in a way that you you could just swing your sword and kind of get used to it. You had to really sit there and think about the speed of that thing. Mm-hmm. So I was just getting electrocuted over and over and over. Well, the other that's the second phase too, because the first phase is when he jumps through all the paintings, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, which so... is a great mechanic. Yeah. It is. It's cool, but it was really annoying because, like, because well, it's hard. I did to really well him. on him this time for some reason, but That's I remember good. struggling with him a lot the first time I played the game, <laughs> like that portion especially with the running through the paintings. Like I couldn't, like finding which one it was and targeting him and hitting him in time was like really difficult. Yeah, I I just liked how the forest temple kind of set you up for that by having yeah. the paintings with the uh, the the mages, the witches in there. Um, yes. up in the in the stairwells mm-hmm. and kind of teaching you, yeah, you can shoot your arrow into them. Yes. And, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Good level um, design. Yeah. The other, I think the whole, in general, the thing that I learned slash struggled with as a gameplay mechanic in this game is just, like, patience. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just, like, shoot immediately at the the paint. You can't shoot at all the paintings. You can't like. You have to wait for him to pop out. Sometimes it's a decoy. Like sometimes you just miss, and you have to wait for him to respawn in a different painting. Mm-hmm. Or like, like you're better off you just wait for him to go to a different painting or something like that. Or like waiting for something, waiting for someone to attack, or like waiting for something, a, a new sequence to happen, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, you can't cheese a lot of these bosses. No, you, you can't just. To, stab you have to follow the. <laughs> You have to follow the script. There's a sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One of the best examples of that is the floor masters. Because if they you see you, yeah, they, they turn green the and they hit you. And then by the time you get back up, you can, it looks like you can hit them, but they end up hardening and yeah. they just hit you again. And like, oh, well, this time it'll work. And nope, they'll hit <laughs> you again. So you have to block it or dodge it. Also, if it's a room where you have to fight them, you have to wait for them to appear too. So you have to hold still and like wait for them to drop down sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was at least one place where you actually like needed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember, but yeah, like sometimes if yeah, you want to fight temple. them, you have to wait. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. forest, yeah. probably. Yeah, the forest temple's a little fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's dark I'll, and spooky. I'll get into it with the with the music section at mm-hmm. the end, but yeah, that that unsettled the crap. Think of me as how old was I? Twelve. Uh, um, it unsettled me as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it just made you on edge. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. the entire time, just... Yeah, I didn't just... play this game as a kid, but I would not have gotten very far if I played it as a kid. Like, I was, we were joking in the chat. <sighs> it's it's like, I was freaked out by, like, the the deadly piano in Super Mario 64, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were parts of Super Mario 64. <laughs> it's like, if I'd gotten as far as bottom of the well, I would have been, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And, like, the whole um, shadow temple is filled with, like, skull wallpaper yeah. and stuff. <laughs> it's like, that's a no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really a boss, but a mini boss. We've got uh, the return of Dark Link slash Link Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck I feel him. like Dark Dark Link. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> yeah, I hate that guy. I loved that room though. Yeah, it's yes, a really the room cool is sequence. So cool. Yeah. So cool. I hate that fight. like you can't go back after it to just enjoy mm-hmm. that room. Mm-hmm. It yeah. goes to the the default like 
boring water dungeon. Yeah. yeah, that was cool oh, too. I that. that was cool too, though. Like I like I'd forgotten that part of it. Like I walked in the room and I was like, oh yeah, he's in this temple because I recognized the room. Mm-hmm. But then like after I beat him and it like faded back to a normal room, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is cool. You're out of that space. That is true. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and, this and, whole illusion. <laughs> yeah, and me not again, never having heard of Shadow Link. That's how I refer to him. Uh, just going to the bars on the opposite end and then coming back and well, what the heck am I supposed to do again? And mm-hmm. seeing the tree and then seeing this He's there. shadow mm-hmm. yeah. thing kind of like step out. I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. well now. Then yeah, it's really that creepy, and the yeah. water and temple. You, yeah, and he, um, once you cross the halfway point of that room with the tree, your reflection slash shadow disappears. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never if you cross, that. You yeah, cross so the cool. tree island. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I didn't notice at first until you mentioned it but i like walked across the room and i was like that's weird and then you turn around and you're like oh no mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. i saw him then uh, but yeah i didn't notice my shadow disappear which is your reflect- reflection really because mm-hmm. it's in, in water which is yeah. cool it's a really great attention to detail mm-hmm. yeah and he was hard mm-hmm. oh <laughs> yeah i mean you could spam megaton hammer or dense fire but uh i mean i think it i didn't still... have dense fire yet mm-hmm. so yeah. interestingly this time around, I decided to skip the f- fire temple altogether, so I went forest temple, water temple, and you don't need the megaton hammer for any of that other than dark link. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! So, because well, because um, you don't need it for dark link though, because I didn't use it. Yeah, I was gonna try and uh, one hundred percent the game, get all the skeletons, all the heart pieces, and I remember in fire temple you need the scarecrow song, mm-hmm. and I hadn't done that yet, so it's like, well, I'm gonna be in the water in Lake Hillia. Let me just go ahead and do that um, while I get the song. Because um, I forgot that you... like oh. I, I taught him the song, or played, like... But then I had forgot that you had to go back as an adult to activate it, so that he'll come start actually showing up. I heard about the Scarecrow song, and I recorded a song for the Scarecrow, which I would like to play for you, because... <laughs> It's really funny to me because it plays back at exactly the same speed mm-hmm. that you recorded. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is funny too. I'll have to. Yes, mine is it. I I didn't realize that it needed to be eight notes, and I was really excited. And I was like, I'll play a song. It'll be like fun because like I didn't realize it was gonna also record the song. I thought it was just like play me a song or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. And there's a lot of hesitancy, <laughs> and then every time you play it, it takes forever. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Y'all want to hear my Scarecrow song? I found the video. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go for it. Hold on. It's great. I already played it. This is the recording, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> you can hear. <laughs> so it's like, it starts off like, do, 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 do. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's so long and every time you need to call the scarecrow it plays that like it doesn't play like what you just played it plays whatever you played mm-hmm. to the scarecrow which is really funny yeah <laughs> anyway musical adventures mm-hmm. yeah and like you don't use the scarecrow song very often so like every time i would play it i was like oh right <laughs> just long <laughs> enough that it's super annoying yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know they. I know they guided you toward the fire temple first before water. Is that just the goop on their part that you could actually finish the water temple, like beforehand? Or um, yeah, I don't know. Coffee's There's always been a lot moves. of like sequence breaking in the, mm-hmm. the Zelda series. Like a lot of the games, you can do some of the dungeons out of order. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if they made it that way, or if they were just like, oh, 
it's fine. <laughs> in Master Quest, you do need the hammer for one th- piece, I think. Like one, one. You have to hit a switch with the hammer. Like the rusty um, switch. Yeah, yeah. but um, not in um, original. There's nothing you need it for. So I, mm-hmm. I just went and did it. Wow. Um, I think. I mean, they steer you that way. They, you know. But I guess you don't have to if you know what you're doing, <clears throat> like me. <laughs> yeah, I just I find that wild, like messing around with um, RPG Maker software, and it's like you get one thing out of step, and the game breaks like completely. Mm. And the thought that you could just go do an entire temple out of order, and <laughs> it's not game breaking. Mm-hmm. They're probably like, oh, thank God, <laughs> and they found out that you know they could, that that was impossible without screwing everything up totally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there was gating though so like for example as a kid like i tried to go to the Gor- uh the gerudo place first and there's right. like you can't you physically can't get to the lo- location mm-hmm. until later so yeah. like there are some like guardrails oh. for things yeah, that you absolutely some stuff can't you have do. to do before others mm-hmm. but then there's a couple that you can do out of order well one other boss i want to mention is twin rova oh yes so, yeah. Who is um? They're Ganondorf's uh, surrogate crazy witch mothers, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. Apparently, official canon is that they like raised him, Kotake and Kuume. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, oh. explains a lot about a Ganondorf, I think. Well, they're Gerudo, I think. Oh, are they? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they could. Oh, I guess they're in the temple. So yeah, I guess mm-hmm. they must be. Yeah, uh, I thought like that that battle ancient relative. Gerudo, uh, huh? ancient Gerudo witches or something. Could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they Gandorf are either 400 magic. or 380 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are they 380 in one version, but 400 in another version? Well, they're twins, but one of them claims about. to be younger than the other. <laughs> oh. yeah. I mean, the end of that, when they realize they're dead, is the fun. That might be oh. one of the funniest things it's in really the whole funny. game. It's really funny. Yeah, it's really good. Start cackling and yelling at each other and arguing over who's older. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I found that battle like relatively easy. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised by that. Because um, you have to fight like kind of three easy iron concept, but before. I feel like the um, <laughs> the execution was a little glitchy. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Like sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm like, this thing is pointed right at her. Why is she not dying? Like, yeah, like, like the yeah. I think the hitbox is a lot beam, yeah. closer to your shield than it seems. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the mist and the fire coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one yeah. of the probably one of the only bosses that I beat on the first try, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay. I guess we're done now. <laughs> That's happening. Compared to fighting the iron knuckle, you're right. Yeah. It's a <laughs> lot. Oh my god! I recorded a way to beat the Iron Knuckle, but it's too big to sh- upload onto Discord. <laughs> so, can you describe the method to us, or does it involve something insane? <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, uh, I'll I'll talk about it when I talk about like the the gameplay because okay. so, so, um, it gets into some it of the, the strat. <laughs> basically something like that. Oh, yeah. okay. Is that a seamless segue into talking about game form? Or is there I more? Think so. uh, okay, right. yeah, sounds like sounds it. Um, <laughs> so it's Zelda, but in three D, guys. We made it to the nineties. Mm-hmm. Polygons. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> um, sweet, sweet polygons. Yeah. So, I saw some people complaining the, online that the visuals had not aged well, and it's like, yeah. mm, I don't know though. It's it's fine. It's hard to tell. The visuals are so nostalgic to me. Like everything about the N sixty four. N sixty four. Like I said, I hadn't played. When, um, Ocarina of Time as a child, but I played other N64 games, yeah. so just that style, I'm like, oh, child. It has N64 yeah. aesthetic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at them polygons, you say to yourself polygons while you're running. those <laughs> blurry textures. 
-hmm. it was very technologically advanced at the time yeah it's, to be honest. it's pretty impressive like <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. and i think especially like on on the big tvs we have now it look like with that, it all stretched out it mm -hmm. definitely doesn't look as good as probably well is. they're 640p or something so yeah. they're yeah. not they're not uh they're like we made it to standard definition y'all for <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like 640 by 480 or something yeah. so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's honestly it's really impressive like Yes, the whole is. package is super impressive. Like, I yeah. can't believe Nintendo knocked it out of the park with their two biggest <laughs> franchises transitioning to 3D. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super Mario 64, is that what you're referring to? Because yeah. that's yeah. also an amazing game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, another thing about the, the graphics is that, like, what we're used to is pretty much every dungeon is just the same, same. texture, different mm -hmm. colors. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And true. so for each one to have a very unique, very personalized feel... Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, you know yeah. exactly where you are in each mm -hmm. of those dungeons. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, like it's it's three D. We made it. Um, it plays pretty great. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a problem with the controller or with <laughs> the game. But one of the things that that is like walking directly backwards is difficult for me, and I don't know why. But like while targeting or yeah, while well, targeting. Like I feel, or you're just like turning around direct like 180 degrees exactly like i don't know what it is about the mm. the controller or the game or something but do like you... i always end up going at a slight angle is it because so do you like rotate did you your play thumb? it on the n64 or... i did this time yeah but i've yeah. i've used... yeah jane said he was playing it in the dark which is what i had to do um <laughs> i heard <laughs> The N64 joystick is not good, so it could be... Every time <laughs> there's, like, a very small... even Not even a very small path, like, a moderately small path that you have to walk on, I, I feel like with the joystick, the N64 joystick, I'm, like, always veering all over the place. Like, it's mm, almost yeah. impossible. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just the... I think it's the N64. It, yeah. yeah, it might be controller by controller. True. Yeah. Especially if this is, like, um, the controller you had as a child. <laughs> it's gone through. Mine I, for oh, sure yeah. is. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a... Um, you had like the basic one that came with the box, but I had one that was like smoky colored. Um, Ooh, and for fancy. whatever reason, that one, I think I still own it somewhere, but that one always handled and performed better than any other mm. I ever touched. So that kind of helped me out while I was playing Ocarina. I have the Glacier Purple one, which yeah, is obviously the best too. one yeah. for no reason. I didn't use it for this purple. one, but I will use it for Majora's Mask. So, mm. but yeah, it's um, startlingly playable. <laughs> even nowadays it is like it's got some early 3d jank but yeah not nothing yeah. game breaking at all <laughs> sometimes things glitch through walls and that's okay it's yeah. called video games <laughs> i mean it was very playable z targeting i think that's novel revolution to this. Mm -hmm. yeah it, oh this yeah is, it, be, it began it mm -hmm. and they've never steered away since no. no, I did struggle a little bit with the Z targeting because you had to already kind of be looking at the thing that you wanted to target, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it wasn't as like flexible as later 3D Zelda games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, w which is what I was used to, where you just like press Z and you can like turn around and face an enemy mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, but... it's definitely the earliest implementation of it, but but it's still amazing. It's still amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. none of the other things, any of the other <laughs> games we had had targeting. Like none of the other Zelda games we played so far had targeting of nope. any kind. You just run up and slash and hope you hit the tiny hitbox yeah. on the <laughs> SNES or whatever sprite. <laughs> yep, yep. It's like, yeah, even modern games, you still have that kind of press a button targeting mm -hmm. system. Like, 
I definitely, yeah. I if I'm not mistaken, I think it like established that kind of targeting it, it in did. video games. Um, it was novel to mm-hmm. the industry, I think. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, the fact that that came out in Super Mario 64 around the same, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you want to just talk about stepping off 3D the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Apparently, even the components in the N64 were like very like high tech at the time. To a certain extent. Apparently some people complain about the audio, which we can talk about why. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the way that the 3D graphics were processed and stuff was very novel at the time. And, like, mm-hmm. kind of established, like, systems of, of processing, which is very interesting. Which I could talk about, but I probably won't in detail on this um, mm-hmm. recording. <laughs> but, yeah. It's interesting. You know, it was just wild that back then, you know, as a kid, you know, cartridges were all they had. And then Sony comes along with the PlayStation with the CD, and it's like... Oh wow, this is crazy! You can mm-hmm. throw all this data, but there's lo- what's loading time? God, why are we loading? So long on oh, the yeah. Disc. yeah, cartridges. I mean, that's that's why they didn't want to steer away for it mm-hmm. because of things like that. So the cartridge is a ROM, and then it loads everything from the cartridge into your RAM as you play directly on mm-hmm. the on the system, which is why there's like very minimal load time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was like primarily an N64 kid, but we had a PlayStation that was like kind of my dad's and kind of but i've had some games on there and stuff and it's like every time i switched to a playstation game i was like god kill me now whenever i'm in the loading screen never gonna get to play crash bandicoot (laughs) (laughs) well the the best thing is like even in the modern playstation it's like you like yeah yeah, buy the disc time to play the game and then you put it in it's like downloading content and you're like what are you possibly downloading isn't everything on the cd i don't i'm not a very big playstation Mm-hmm. gamer you can tell by my comments probably yeah. but yeah that is fucking annoying i just don't yeah. understand yeah i have a playstation because i like a lot of the games on the system but it's like yeah i've learned to put the disc in the night before i want to play the game yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah make yeah. sure you have like a beverage while you play so that you have something to do while the loading screen yeah. is happening <laughs> the, the wor- absolute worst for me was getting red dead redemption 2 at midnight and Downloading being like it? wait ben you know you can't play this till after work mm-hmm. on Friday, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's two discs. Like you had to load, you had to actually take wow. out a disc and load another disc to put wow. on more data. Wow. Yeah, it's just how, it's just how games are now. It's mm-hmm. crazy. That's how PlayStation games are now. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Just because there's like a shit ton of lag in the like uh, Deku or the whatever Lost Woods in Breath of the Wild doesn't mean it's not a great game <laughs> that doesn't have load times. Oh, right, with uh, <laughs> Kakariko and the wind and everything, yeah. Um, There's a lot of good things about that, but There's I, will, I, will, <laughs> I will concede to that part of the game being janky. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. The... I do, I, you gotta love Nintendo for being like, you know what, screw it, cartridges, again. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> like it's like well you can download this game mm-hmm. but then you have to follow their like really convoluted like account structure yeah. or like you just buy a cartridge. That tastes bitter. Not yes. that Cosmo and I would know <laughs> what it tastes like. <laughs> also, they're so small. They're tiny. Yeah. Anyway. That's why they taste bad. They're so wee. <laughs> they should have called this one the wee. I saw, the wee. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a post online the other day. It was on like, Tumblr or something. People were talking about like there being like no wrong way to consume media or whatever. And they're like, well, there's one wrong way. That's why the Switch <laughs> cartridges <laughs> <are> taste bad. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, you um, won't really get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's not the intended use. I remember when, um, this is a personal story rather than for a podcast, um, but we went to uh, uh, your house, Ellen, and we were mm-hmm. playing the Switch because you were like the first pe- first ones who had one. 
we playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah, probably Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild. And we also played like Bomberman and stuff. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. That was one of the early games. And then, like, games. some other day later on, we were like talking about how like the cartridges were supposed to taste bad or whatever. And Cosm's like, oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> and we're like, how do you know? Because you didn't have a Switch at the time. Right. And there's like a long pause, and you're like, I may have licked Bomberman. <laughs> 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 and then later uh, I was like, I'm going to go change the cartridge. And then I was like, <laughs> took a lick of one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, wow, it really is bitter. <laughs> so we can um, confirm the rumors. Are they still bitter? Does that taste less? I don't know. Do you want me to go check? <laughs> For, science. <laughs> For science. Well, now you have a switch. You can check yourself. I bet they're still bitter. So, Cosm, um, I know the uh, the gameplay stuff is your area. I I, I kind of read a really great article on on it uh, a couple weeks ago about there's some there's like four or five other things that is like novel to Ocarina of Time or novel to the industry. Oh, um, tell so, us. Yeah, go okay. for it. Sure. So you have Z targeting, which was yes. obviously a huge deal, influenced the rest of gaming. You had things like context sensitive inputting, where your A button. It's going to open mm. the door if you walk up to the door. Mm. It's going to, you know, do something else if you're in a different situation. Um, you have the that fact that you go to the ledge and Link just jumps as opposed to you having yeah. to hit the jump button. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of different take on platforming to not really make it a platformer. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I never even thought about until I kind of read up on it was kind of like the, uh, what's the word? Like, like kind of choreographed timing of fighting enemies. Where they're not like you have Stalfos and stuff, but not if you're if you're even if you have two in the room, they're not gonna just both rush you mm-hmm. and start swinging mm-hmm. at you. They're gonna one's gonna attack while the I other stays that. behind mm-hmm. and yeah. tries to strafe behind you. And that and that type of thing has influenced gaming all the way. Like you know, I, I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan, and mm-hmm. based like back in the Assassin's Creed two days, especially. I remember that specifically being surrounded by enemies and they're coming at you one at a time and you're supposed to counter and parry. Um, it's kind of like turning into, again, like a choreographed segment. Um, and yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff like this that I wouldn't, I can't say Ocarina invented all of this, but they implemented it in a really great way. And it's been, a, it's basically been in gaming ever since. I never even thought about that choreographing, although I did notice that they didn't attack. Like I, mm-hmm. I noticed that. I was like, why is only this one Staphos attacking? Like, that's, I mean, it's helpful. It, it, but yeah, but it's you never, I never thought until recently, like, yeah, that's a conscious game development choice that they made. Yeah, it would have to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. 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 So. I heard um, the ledge jumping in Zelda threw me off so badly the first time I played a Zelda game. Like, how do I jump? Because I don't ever played, jump? like, Mario and Banjo, Kazooie and stuff. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like. Well, yeah. for me, it was when you wanted to grab the ledge. Because if you go at it full speed, yeah, you jump. You jump but for me, like, I only had all the, like, stick all the way in one direction or no, no direction at all. Mm-hmm. So it was just so hard for me to get it, get him to just, like, walk so he'd, like, grab the scooch. ledge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's well, like uh, a... Oh, go ahead. Oh, was that the, the last of them? Yeah, yeah. That, that, and, like, that last one you mentioned, that's another, like, yeah, content, context sensitive input, mm-hmm. I guess, is the word for it. Oh. That is true. I didn't also didn't even think about that. But yeah, you like you press A for mo- you press multiple one button does multiple actions, which is mm-hmm. new definitely. Yeah. In in addition right. to like setting them to tools, which you could do in other games, like you could set in earlier games, you could set like specific weapons, but that it, it there wasn't a button that changed context. I mean, yeah. there was like speak and pick up, and that was about it. Yeah, or and, read. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was someone where you could, like, slash or read signs, I think, and we kept mm-hmm. breaking the signs accidentally. Mm-hmm. But but this is but, way more than that. Like, there's a lot yeah, more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a great thing they did that, because otherwise you'd be wasting all the C buttons on that. I as know. Oh, to... my God. Assigning yeah. your there are thing. We need them for weapons. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Because now you can't assign your hook shot and your Deku nut and all yeah. that stuff. Exactly. Um well okay, so back to the three D. Uh oh. and all the the gameplay changes, because my goodness there's a lot. <laughs> this is in three D. Did I mention that? <laughs> yeah. Um so there's three different types of slashes. Right, there's horizontal-ish, yes. vertical-ish, and stabby-stab-ish. <laughs> yeah, thrust, um, thrust, yeah. yeah. Thrust, yeah. Um, there's thrust, and then... drag, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, if you thrust, then Darkling can stand on your sword, which yeah. is a pain in the ass. I was like, mm-hmm. no, why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> oh, and the spin attacks, which is, uh, this been there, but, you know, still a very... Um, Nice addition. He still screams. Yep. See, I feel like that's like almost the iconic Zelda move. The spin it is, attack. Yeah. Spin, yeah. spin attack. And also mm-hmm. that it uses your magic, which I think was established in a slightly earlier game, but not the mm-hmm. not the first time there was spin attack. Yeah. And then you got a lot of returning uh, like core items, but this time in 3D, like bombs, <laughs> uh, the, the arrows, and the hammer. Yeah. Uh, you've seen it... But never like this, right? Usually it's like a one hit, you know, you just slam it. But now you can, mo- what is it? L- lift, it. drag, thrust. Yes. It. So, <laughs> oh, the, the hook shot as well um, is a nice returning one. Yeah. Some, and the long shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some fun ones that are new additions are the Lens of Truth. Yeah. And Din's Fire, Pharaoh's Wind, Naru's Love. A lot of the magic items were pretty cool. Ice arrows also were interesting. We're not necessary in the game, but I didn't still get them little... and I didn't need them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, were those the ones you got by doing the Gerudo special Training trials? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. why I didn't do it. I was like, yeah, nah. yeah. <laughs> bomb shoes. Oh, yeah, those bomb are fun shoes. Guys. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. You need them like twice in the entire game, but they're cute. <laughs> but unless yeah. you use literally all the ones that you have in your pockets for uh, the Iron Knuckles. Yeah, for Iron Knuckles, which is what I yeah. did. <laughs> it. Nothing was more fun than when I was watching Cosm play the other day, and he was using the bomb shoes for that game in um, the Hyrule Town Square, um, <laughs> and just seeing like the angles that you had to do it at, and it was just that was a really fun item. Mm-hmm. And you can get oh. them for free if you collect enough sculptures, mm-hmm. or you can buy them from the sketchy man in the desert, which was also fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I'm selling an item for two hundred rupees. Do you want it? And it's like. Why the hell not? I have a full <laughs> wallet right now. <laughs> to random dude on a flying carpet over a sand pit in the, mm-hmm. in the mysterious desert where you can't go off the path. I was like, I bet this item, he says like, he describes what the item is. I can't remember how he describes it. I was like, I bet that's a bomb shoe. And then you sell it and he's like, it is a bomb shoe. And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some nice other additions to the game nice. are the equipments. You've got the different colored tunics now, but... Mm-hmm. They do different uh, things time, now. Yeah, this time they help you resist fire and resist water. <laughs> yeah. In earlier games, they were just upgrades where mm-hmm. they reduced your damage that you took. Yes. Now they have special powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, being a pain in the ass to switch back and forth. Iron <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Then you've got the iron boots and hover boots, and yeah, those... I like the hover boots sound effect. The <laughs> uh, You played it on the 3DS, 
Ellen, right? No, I played it on the the old school way on the N64. Oh, where you, you have too. to go okay. to your start screen and put them on. Mm-hmm. I played it on the 3DS originally. That's how I first played it. So. Okay. Yeah, they made vast yeah. improvements to the mm-hmm. implementation <laughs> yep. of the boots in the 3DS. I think they made vast improvements to the Water Temple, if I'm not mistaken. Because they mm-hmm. also changed some of the graphics in yeah. the Water oh, yeah. Temple to make it easier to see the signs and stuff. Uh, those are all the items that I plan on talking about. Is there anything I missed that you thought? <laughs> no, but I, I definitely made use of Nehru's Love and Ferrari's Wind and Din's Fire mm-hmm. when when necessary. For whatever reason, I didn't use Ferrari's Wind one time because I thought... I didn't understand like how how it was meant to be used, like going back to kind of like a checkpoint area or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. versus just using the um, the warp songs. So yeah. I used it once because I thought I was going to fail at something, but I didn't. So I didn't mm-hmm. even technically right. use it that one time. I think the one time I used it, I went and beat the boss right after that. After Costum told me to get it, <laughs> and then I beat it right away. And I was like, "Well, I that said was it, a waste." There's uh, <laughs> is it the fire temple? There's one of those temples where you have to run up a narrow slope. Oh narrow yeah, path, yeah, 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 and, like, yeah. And it's timed. Oh, and I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm gonna fall off the ledge, and so I Anything set time. Flora's wind, but um, I made it on the first mm. try. So I used nice. it in Ganon's tower also mm-hmm. to like um, at the bottom of the tower because it, when you start, not the bottom of the tower, like the bottom of the final part of the tower, right below the room where Ganon is, like right below the place where you fight him, Ganondorf rather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like I used it there because there's like jars where you can get stuff pots where you can get uh, stuff yeah 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 and then you just run up the stairs and start the battle so i did that for ganondorf when i kept dying but i think that oh, was one of the only times mm-hmm. and for bongo I would bongo always, i would always get dan's fire as soon as possible i love yeah call. oh yeah it's so fun it's also easy to get which i totally forgot about i like i remember seeing the rock and it's like i bet i can blow that up later and then just mm-hmm. like completely forgot and then you're like right. go get dan's fire and i was like what or maybe that was yeah that was where dan's fire is isn't it uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it is. By, mm-hmm. by, by the, the castle. By Hyrule Castle, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, quick question. Mm-hmm. Did any of you actually ever get the big Goron sword? No. I did. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I, get a Pona either. I didn't do anything special. Listen, I got the Sculptulas <laughs> that were easy to get, which is, it's easy to get, like, 40 or 50. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the big Goron sword once or twice because it was such a, uh, I mean, game back, again, again game backs helped <laughs> me get through it. But mm-hmm. God, was that an, ar- an ordeal? I love a good Zelda trading sequence. So I was like, "Yeah, gonna get the big." I definitely wanted to use my pocket cocoa more often, <laughs> but I just like was worried that I wouldn't have time, and I didn't want to do like a side quest. Mm-hmm. Which I beat the game yesterday, so I don't think I had that much time. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I definitely didn't realize that the blue cocoa was a uh, callback to uh, Link's Awakening. The, the first rooster. Time I oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, another blue chicken. Blue chicken. <laughs> There's a blue rooster who's your friend that you use in a dungeon for a little bit. In, in um oh. in Lights Awakening, <laughs> yeah, he's helpful, and then he well no, you should just play it <laughs> or listen to oh. our episode where we talked about it because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we talked at length about Blue Chicken and how he was. Yeah, friend. would you all use the magic beans a lot? Oh, I used the one I when you know like the first person who gives it to you near the Zoro's mm-hmm. domain. Mm-hmm. I planted a bean right away there, and I was like, okay, cool, and then. When I got on it as an adult, I was, like, filled with a sense of joy because it, like, transports you and it, like, oh, flies yeah. over to the Zora's domain. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. And then I also didn't do any other – I didn't time travel a lot, so I didn't go back in time. Um, uh, as a, I set up as a the kid. one now outside Dodongo's cavern because I knew I'd need it for the uh, – To get the heart piece? Bigger on sword quest. Oh, the and then I set up, like, a couple mm. other ones for heart pieces. But Yeah. I actually – I mean, this is really random, but I did find out that – um. As a kid, if you 
went to like there was there was kind of like a little balcony at ledge that that was over Dodongo's cavern and there was that piece of heart mm-hmm. and if you jumped off from there and then did link's uh, lunge forward with the sword you get hurt but you'd actually yeah, land and be able to get the piece there. of heart mm-hmm. yeah so yeah but the, the magic beans is how you got a lot of pieces of heart yeah, yeah. um if you're trying to do like the 100 percent deal but yeah, I did enjoy writing it to the Zora's domain. That was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like yeah. giggling with like an over like overflowing sense of joy. <laughs> so <laughs> it made me smile a lot. Right. But I didn't plant. It's like other the ones. classic time travel like thing. Like, oh, you plant a seed in the past and it's grown up in the future. But I never yeah. get tired of it whenever there's some kind of time travel in a game. <laughs> I knew that. I knew vaguely about this game like i do vaguely about time travel but i really enjoyed all the dialogue that was like you can't do this you're a kid and then like if you go to the like shooting gallery or something as an adult it's like this is a game for adults go to the <laughs> shooting thing and you're like okay like i am an adult anyway it's just really funny yeah yeah and i didn't think about it at all while i was playing the game even though i knew i don't know why <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll bring it up later but um what <laughs> the one of the time traveling elements is one of my like when we do our, like our round table mm-hmm. like that's something i will definitely be talking about geek, time travel? Uh, gush gush gushing about you okay. know mm-hmm. so <laughs> so another nice thing is that you get the introduction of the masks that end up playing a big part mm-hmm. of majora's mask mm-hmm. which is pretty cool the only one that actually has any powers this time is the mask of truth so just which... do what the lens of truth does no it lets you talk to the the um statues statues oh i always wondered what the point of those was because i kept slashing them and it'd be like it's two o'clock and i'd be like great and then (laughs) yeah yeah the the time uh, is conversation stones stones. or gossip stones because yeah yeah, yeah, they tell you stuff yeah (laughs) Yeah. they Um, tell you it like a rumor which is funny to me they're like i heard that (laughs) like what Mm -hmm. like give an example because i didn't do this at all Uh, oh goodness Um, (laughs) you just have to be uh, a direct quote like just like what like what would they tell you like game hints uh, yeah like i heard that you know if you slash a wall and it sounds different you can blow it off oh okay something like Mm -hmm. that or they may be more specific like i heard that you know a rumor that like someone in the and Kakariko Village sleeps in a lot, you know, I don't yeah. know, something like that. Here's some from the uh, Zelda wiki. Okay. They say that Melon set the original record in the obstacle course of Lon Lon Ranch. Wow. Oh, no shit. <laughs> they say that if you get close to a butterfly while holding a Deku stick in your hand, something good will happen. What? Wait, what? What will happen? <laughs> Does anybody know? I think it'll turn into a fairy. Yeah, I think it'll oh. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, wow. They say that the small holes players. in the ground that you find all over Hyrule make perfect breeding grounds for bugs. So yeah, just little mm. things that aren't really necessary for the game, but give you little hints and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you talk to Saria? I I talk to her sometimes to be like, tell me what to mm-hmm. do, Saria. And she'd be <clears> like, Link, don't go to the fire temple or whatever. And I'd be like, cool, see you later or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I felt too bad about leaving her behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. well, she gets like sent to the sacred realm anyway. So <laughs> right. yeah, so I'm kind of depressed about the fate of the sages. Like it's vague, but I feel like it's not good. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I feel like everyone you've seen, every one of them you've seen pretty much died probably <laughs> yeah they seem very um, ghostly in the credit sequence it's just like the like the champions in breath of the wild i think there's a lot of similarities between oh, like, yeah, ocarina yeah. time and breath of the wild and in breath of the wild i mean they're already dead but yeah right <laughs> that's established at the beginning but then you have all these like memories of them and stuff and everybody's mm-hmm. mad at you because they died which <laughs> when you're going through the game yeah so yep. yeah oh revali's gale and they help now... you they helped you yeah <laughs> i'm always like mifa saved me <laughs> Thanks, Mifa. I fell off a cliff and Mifa died to save me from falling off yeah. cliffs. <laughs> yep. Yes. 
<laughs> so yeah, I don't know. At least they have sort of a like random. They're all in the they're in the spirit realm. It seems like, great there. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it seems like they can hang out with each other at least. So <laughs> party yeah. in the spirit realm. Yeah. <laughs> Except for in Raru, the... nobody invites that guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, I'm here too, guys, and they're like, whatever. <laughs> well, he's reincarnated he like... as an owl, so. <laughs> oh, is that who the owl is supposed to be? I didn't think about that. <laughs> did he did he say that in his dialogue the last time? I totally forgot about that. Um, I don't think so. I, I think it's confirmed. I don't recall. Canon, but oh, okay. He's implied to be the... Helping you. Yeah, the reincarnation of Raru. I wasn't expecting to see the owl again as an adult at the <laughs> spirit temple. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you basically go outside oh, and he's yeah. like, hey, it's the last time you'll see me. See you later. And I was like, yep. okay. I wasn't waiting for you anymore. <laughs> oh, apparently one of the gossips don't say it. Oh, okay, I see. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it says, they say that the owl named Kepora Gebora is the reincarnation of an ancient sage. Uh, I definitely didn't realize that was the I love that name, Kepora Gebora. Oh, yeah, yeah. His name in the Zelda series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe the owl will come back in Breath of the Wild, too, y'all. No? I kind of love yeah. this design. I want the blue yeah. chicken to come back. to talk to, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, I also hear, it's like, did you understand everything I told you? And it's like, yes, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, like, except yeah. for the part where you accidentally hit no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because you to... switch, like, did you understand all that, yes or no? Do you want me to repeat mm-hmm. that, yes, yes or, or no? no. So yeah. it's like... No, no. Yep. Yeah, so you can't just button mash through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was very close to, like, after we all introduced ourselves, just being like, did you want to hear that again? Yeah. <laughs> you should have. I should, well, we got too excited about Ben, so... Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we know the listener's picking no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I love uh. the... I love the existence of him as kind of like a callback to the Link's Awakening Owl Guide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you had not played, there is another Owl Guide in Link's Awakening who's like telling yep. you what to do. It's like our Owl friend is back. And then I forgot mm-hmm. about him because he doesn't show up in the game very much as an adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, now is my favorite part. Speedruns? Speedruns <laughs> I know strats. it's your favorite part because I can hear the joy in your voice <laughs> when you talk about them and like all the crazy glitches that people use. Uh-huh. And I'm sure that this has crazy glitches. Because this one should be fun because it's uh-huh. sure speedrun games. <laughs> it's also used for other game speedruns, as we <laughs> learned recently. <laughs> Did you know that you can use this game to speedrun Paper Mario? Everyone in the world, Google it. <laughs> Go on, Cosm. Tell us about Ocarina of Time. Okay. Tell us the well, strats. Yeah, tell us all so... the strats that I wish I knew like a month ago. <laughs> okay, so one of the most important ones is... Your crouch stab, if you just, without Z-targeting, you put your shield down and you stab, they did not actually input a damage value for that. <laughs> what? It only, it takes the last attack that you did and uses that. What? Damage. So, for example, as a kid, your sword does, depending on how you want to count it, either half damage or one point of damage. Okay. And you basically half of the master sword, which I think it... I think they count that as one damage. Is okay. the Master Sword does one damage? Because yeah, I think Master Sword does two, and Big Goron is three, something like that. Uh, no, it doubles. So Big Goron is four. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, I should have gotten the Big Goron sword. So <laughs> the Deku Stick does the same damage as a Master Sword. Really? And, yeah, <laughs> and jump attacks deal double damage of that weapon. So uh, Deku Sticks break very easily, but if you whip out a Deku Stick jump attack, and then start crouch stabbing with your Kokori sword, it deals the max damage that you can as a kid, which is a jump attack from the Master Sword, basically. What? 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, you can kill, like, Stalfos very quickly with things like that. Mm-hmm. Or even quicker if you have the bigger on sword. Or even that, like, I got the giant knife very early. I would jump attack, switch to the um, master sword, and crouch stab to beat bosses in one cycle. Wow. So, like, yeah, with, with Phantom Ganon, once you get him down there, you just start crouching and stabbing, and you can kill him before he gets back up. What? Uh, to That's have to crazy. Ganondorf, I did the same thing. What? Um, bonga Bonga, I think I I messed up and had to do it twice, but you can do it. Twin Rova, I only had to um, get the three elements yeah, once, and then yep. And so the other thing you can do uh, is with the Iron Knuckles, especially the ones that the the one in Nabooru. Yeah, the one that's this actually because she actually she actually like starts moving. But the other ones, you get behind them, and if you have the bigger on sword, you you jump attack and you get behind them and you crouch stab. Um, they'll turn around and get ready to hit you, but you break off their armor. They flinch, and then one more hit kills them, so they don't even have a chance to hit you. <gasps> wow, y'all! I'm just shaking my head. Um, <laughs> wasted so much time, just like poking something in the eye and then waiting for it to fall and slashing at it, then poking its eye again and then slashing it again and then doing it over and over again. Or again, and it's like you have to hit like ten times before he dies. Mini spoiler, have fun with them in Twilight Princess. (laughs) If you think they're hard in this game. I think Twilight Princess is a harder game in general. Hell yeah. Can't wait. At least we get to be a wolf, though. Absolutely. So, (laughs) on top of that, there's a thing called an infinite sword glitch. Where if you crouch stab and interact with something, either pick up an item, read read or speak to someone, or how it's... You can do this with almost any enemy, is Z-target and have talked to Navi. Hmm. If you do that at the same time as you're stabbing, the game does not know what to do, (laughs) and it just your hitbox for that sword is just permanent until you jump or get hit or something else, you know, like a few other things you can do to get out of it. But the game, so you just hold your sword and you see the trail of your sword. Like when you slash, it'll be following you and you just walk to enemies and you are just constantly hitting them. Wow. Without and swinging, you mean without swinging. Yeah. Um, so what you can do, what I did, uh, and I should bend this, um, I was in the Gerudo fortress and you have to talk to the carpenters and then they're like, he's like, ah, behind you. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of them's behind you. So I was talking to the carpenter. I crouch stabbed and then talked to him. And when you talk to someone, you put your sword away and he's like, ah, behind you. And so the game, the game still thinks I'm swinging my sword, even though it's put away. So I'm just menacing, like standing at them and they're blocking yeah, and as you like walk around them, they end up getting you know. Yeah, you hurt. can hit them on the side. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm just basically with my stare. I'm just. You know... <laughs> that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's one that you can use pr- frequently, and it helps in a lot of situations. With Phantom Ganon, you do that, and you don't even have to time it. It just goes right to him. Well, okay. there's a lot of things with bombs because for some reason the <laughs> bomb explosion is really fucked up. <laughs> Okay. If you plant a bomb, or like pick up a bomb, drop it, backflip, roll into it while holding your shield, Link will try to ho- try to pick it up, but you have your shield out, so he's like, "Well, I can't. I have my shield. I can't. I'm, my I'm, my hand's busy. I can't pick it up." 
And then after it explodes, again, I don't know why, but the game freaks out. And when you try to backflip, instead Link jumps forward a little bit and like up in the air. Hmm. So for things that you could normally not reach, you can get a little jump and he'll grab onto a ledge and pull himself up. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, It has some useful speedrun things, especially if you're doing randomizer, which I do all the time. Mm -hmm. It helps you get to things that you're not supposed to get to just yet because Mm. you just don't have the items. Or maybe things you're supposed to get to, but because you don't have the items just yet. Yeah, because it's a randomizer. Yeah. Yeah. But if instead you do something similar, you plant a bomb, you backflip away, you time it right, and you roll forward with your shield out and try and backflip right as the bomb explodes... The, you get a huge boost of momentum from the bomb, and you go flying backwards a good amount. Mm. So if there's a gap you need to cover or something like that, you can do that, and it'll get you very far. I think I remember watching you try to pull that off. Yep. Yeah, it's... I, I, I think it's easier. <laughs> I don't know the timing very well, and I was out of practice. I, I have done it somewhat consistently, but I know other people like who play the game like full-time. They, they can get it very consistently. And then the last one is one that I have been able to do only a few times. It's very similar. You drop a bomb, throw, roll, uh, jump backwards, and like roll forward and try and pick it up right as it explodes. And it gives you a huge boost of momentum. And if you're like holding Z and like slightly backwards, you start moving backwards really fast. Um, it's the fastest way to move in the game, mm. and you can cover large distances that way. And you could even like adjust by like very lightly changing your angle by like letting go of Z and pressing it again. So you can go around in circles. You can navigate like Hyrule Field, especially. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's really cool. Uh, is that, some crazy stuff. Yeah. Is that what you were trying uh, at Death Mountain when you were, you know, with the no? Part where- oh. No, just um, walking backwards is the fa- is faster than walking forward. <laughs> um, so this is another thing. Um, so like if you target, like you hold Z and you walk backwards, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you okay. you walk faster. So um, <laughs> Death Mountain, you know how you cross it and the rocks are falling at mm-hmm. you. And as a child, they're homing, so they follow you. Mm-hmm. If you align yourself, you can do this before the rocks are falling and just walk backwards. You walk <laughs> faster than the rocks can catch up to you so you you don't even have to like press you your shields your or anything shield. you just walk backwards and then you made it all the way there that's funny yep. <laughs> uh, yeah i watched i watched him pull it off it was crazy <laughs> yeah and then there's just a lot of wonky things one of my favorites um in zora's domain the path to hyrule f- like, like hilia Lyon. is yeah. is blocked yeah but if you mm-hmm there's a little patch of, like, land in the, like, I don't know how to explain it. There's it's a little island the, thing. Yeah, there's a little island, and it's close to a ladder. Yeah. If you hookshot the ladder, and before you grab onto it, pull out your sword, a link kind of clips through. You can drop down, jump, attack, and now you're in the wall. Clip through the wall. And you can go around and enter the warp <laughs> zone from, like... From, from inside the wall. From inside the wall, yeah. That would have been convenient. I didn't enjoy running all the way back there after. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do out of order. Um, like as I said, I did Water Temple out of order. What my friend used to do was he didn't like the, the Shadow Temple. Um, hmm. So he would do 
beneath the well, get the lens of truth, and then just fuck off over to um, Gerudo yeah. and do all of the Spirit Temple. No, maybe he had he had to just walk in, grab the hover boots, and then and then he would just do Spirit Temple and then come back and do that's what I Shadow do. Temple. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to finish the temple. The guide that I said was like, you can just leave now, and I was like, good, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I didn't use a guide for everything, but I used it sometimes. Like I got stuck in the room where the wall. You go through the walls in the shadow temple and stuff like that. Right. But yeah, I remember reading like you don't need anything other than the hover boots, and I was like, great, because I didn't want to be here, and <laughs> I just left. <laughs> never, never knew about that. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to finish that dungeon. There's nothing else. I don't think there's any other, even like treasure in there. Um, mm -mm. Yeah. So all you need to do is get the hover boots, and then you can leave. Yeah. Well, do you get like a heart piece or anything? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, after every boss, you get a heart container. Mm -hmm. Which yeah, is your heart well. one? Oh, bottom of the well. Uh, wherever mm. you get the hover boots. Well, the no, hover boots is shadow temple. temple, but bottom of the well has the. Lens oh of no truth. no! It's, yeah yeah, it's the bottom of the well. I meant yeah. yeah. You get the lens of truth, and then you can piece out. Yeah. 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 There are other rooms, but all yeah, I think there's some like optional that. treasure, but I don't think there's anything. I don't. I don't remember I was... what it was. Yeah, like gold right. skeletons and whatever it was, it's not worth it. it to stay in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, mm -hmm. I'm very concerned about the water supply in Kakariko Village. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of problems with Kakariko Village. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, this is where like the Great Impa lives. It's like the Great Impa threw a dude in a well or what? Imprisoned somebody down there, right? So, like, mm -hmm. or whatever it was. I thought that was like what they tell you the backstory is about the well. Yeah. So. It's Yes, fucked up. Yes. <laughs> As is the Shadow Temple. Like yeah, a, it's yeah. also torture chamber up. for the Hyrule family's like 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 enemies or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it said that on the wall somewhere. Probably. But, Everything fucked up is there. Yeah. Tactics. Other tactics. Well, so there's there's other ones that are just very complicated and I don't feel like are going <laughs> to be great to explain. Okay. But you know, similar things of like glitching the state and like um, there's one where it... I know there's a famous wrong warp glitch in Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, oh, another great one that you can do um, is if you have an item out with your bo your bottle out with an item, which is easily to do by dropping a bug and then picking it back up. If you backflip, try and use the bottle and press a different item, either your weapon or pretty much any projectile weapon, like your arrows or hookshot or slingshot. Mm -hmm. You can start playing the ocarina on that thing. For some <laughs> reason, Link goes into the pose holding the whatever it is that you just used, and you can play your music, which <laughs> for you, for most people, doesn't matter. But if you're playing randomizer and you have a bunch of songs, but you don't have the ocarina, but you have a oh, bottle, well, mm, there you go. Interesting. Mm -hmm. wow. um, and I think you could also, in the middle of your swipe with a bottle, swap to a different item and when you pick it up, the item that was in that C slot is now going to be whatever you just picked up. Mm -hmm. So the claim check that has no use after you get the bigger on sword, it's now a fairy in a bottle. Ooh. Or your oh. ice arrows that you never actually need for anything, which you can't get until like pretty late in the game. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, Volvatia, the um, fire temple boss, takes extra damage from the ice arrows mm -hmm. sure so yes sure. again sense. normal playthroughs doesn't matter randomizer you can try and shoot him with an ice arrow and it deals double damage mm. to him wow oh and then the wrong warp is similar to that i think you need to have bugs 
and you do some wild things. Um, <laughs> wild things. So you have to beat the Deku tree, and you have to have a bottle somehow. I don't remember how they do it, but they they trick the game into thinking you have a bottle. You or get one like that. pretty early. I can't remember how, but, it, but you get uh, one. You have to leave the forest, which you can't do until after you beat the Deku tree. Hmm. So I don't know if I think there's some things where you can like you use an item in a certain way and it adds a value to it. So it then thinks that it's the next item in the list or something like that. Hmm. And so you can swap an item out and get um, a bottle or something. I don't remember. Okay. I saw it. I forgot to look it up, but <laughs> How do you, you do some wild report? things. Yeah. You beat Goma and the Deku tree and you do a very precise thing of like dropping bugs and picking them up and then like i don't know hugging the wall and then singing it a song <laughs> and then you leave and then the game for some reason thinks that you are at the part where you just beat ganon and the tower is collapsing what mhm <laughs> mm wow well that's a good speedrun tactic yeah <laughs> yeah uh how do you beat it though oh you uh, uh, well, because you don't have the the big round sword or the megaton hammer, so as soon as you lose the, can you use your child weapons? Maybe that is what it is. Can you, you use... Can use child weapons? So you I use the know. Deku stick, and then theoretically when you, get the you could, I guess. I don't know. Master sword, unless you use it, I don't remember. Oh yeah, because well, the master sword—that's an interesting question. I wonder what would happen at the end of the battle because the master sword gets like flung away. Yeah. But so does that mean you're a child, or it thinks that you're an adult? No, I think it thinks you're an adult. I don't remember. It's been a while. Okay. That's interesting. As it turns out, to do that, um, I assume, the, the fastest speed run is 6 minutes and 49 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that's how you'd have to do it to beat it that fast. Yeah. Like, there's no other way. Because I feel like that sequence at the end, like that fight at the end is probably, you could probably do it in like 5 minutes. Well, it's like two minutes for run down the tower because it's timed, so it's about a minute. So maybe you can glitch something there, but like, I, the timer is I think two or three minutes, and then like the fight with Ganon. Mm -hmm. But you also have to get through the Deku tree still. Oh, okay, so, yes, that adds up, and and I don't know how much. Wow, how can you that... do that in six minutes? That's interesting. I, yeah, I don't know. So I'm looking at it now, and I think you are Child Link in the oh, final wow. battle. Yeah, that's crazy. that's that's pretty wild. <laughs> That's what Child Ben thought it was going to be like, <laughs> yeah. fighting the final battle as a as a kid. Like it's the end of the game now. I got my three stones. Yep. Just kidding. <laughs> That's pretty wild. <laughs> Six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you wanted to, it took go us a month and... to beat this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to go through and beat all the dungeons and play the game properly, you could do it in an hour and. 15 minutes and 41 seconds. That's the, like, 100% or just, like... No, just all the dungeons. Oh, all the so dungeons. So you have to beat all the bosses, basically. Okay. Uh, I guess it... So, okay, I realized something interesting that I didn't realize about the game until playing it this time through. Mm -hmm. Every temple has an associated child dungeon with it. Right. So you're saying got... you can go in there as a child? No, I'm no. saying that, like, for the forest temple, you've got the Deku Tree... For the fire temple, you've got the Donga's Cavern. Yeah. For water temple, you've got Jabu Jabu. Yeah. But then shadow temple, you've got bo beneath the Bottom well. Bottom of the well. And then for spirit temple, you've got spirit temple. Yes, because mm -hmm. you go there as a child. 
Yeah, and I didn't realize that you go back to each one as a child for well, first, and then you go do it as an adult. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's very neat, very cool. There's a lot of symmetry in this game, too. There's, like, mm-hmm. exactly, uh, whatever, 12 songs, and then the Scarecrow song is the 13th song. So you mm-hmm. learn six as a child, and then you learn six more as an adult to, like, warp back to all the places, Didn't I think. know that. I think so. I'm pretty sure you learned the first six as a child. Uh, yeah, because it's yeah. Zelda's Song Lullaby, Storms. Song of Storms. Um, Sun Song. Well, no, I guess you learned Song of Storms as an adult. No, you learned, no, you learned as a child. Yeah. Uh, no, you learned it as an adult. You learned it as an adult. You played it in the past. Yeah. Which teaches it to the windmill guy, which who yeah, teaches, teaches it to you as an adult. It's a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Say, uh, a paradox. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, but uh, yeah, you learned. I don't know. Basic. Other than that one, I think the other. I think Sun Song you could do as an adult or a child. You learn it as a child, though. So like you can uh, use it as a child. No Sun Song because yeah. it's in the graveyard. I think if you miss it as a child, you can just go back as an adult. Oh yeah, I think you could. I think you uh, could. Yeah. And then a song. A song. You obviously got to learn that as a, as a child. As a child. Yeah. Uh, Song of Time, you have to learn as a child, and Zelda's Lullaby, you have to learn as a child, I think. And Saria's as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I guess I should have mentioned Epona in my character <laughs> section. <laughs> oh, yeah! That's super important. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I didn't. I played the whole game without Epona because I don't care because I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I got a, I got a Epona, Epona every Link's time. Horse, named after the Celtic god of horses. Oh, <laughs> I see. <sighs> I wondered about that. I just assumed it was like some kind of pun of like pony, <laughs> but <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I did too, Ellen. Um, <laughs> she can jump over things and it's cool. I mean, it's cool. a dramatic cutscene when you jump over a lot of things, like uh, jumping yeah. out of the uh, Lon Lon Ranch and jumping mm-hmm. over the uh, the gap to Gerudo Desert and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can do that. I just use a hookshot because mm-hmm. I'm. Don't yeah, care. you can either ride a pony or use the hookshot. I always. How do you get across like the bridge thing? <laughs> Do you just walk on the bridge with Epona? You know, the, like the not the bridge, but like the um, the log, like the fallen. Oh log. yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you have to. Bridge. Oh okay. It's a little annoying, yeah. but you can get across. It. <laughs> it's like you can do it. <laughs> you got Epona every time, Ben. Yeah, I just loved um, liberating her and winning those two races. The first, the the second race was definitely a little tougher, um, but you know it was cool getting her because you could um, at night you could hunt those. Um, Pose. I forgot what they were called. Yeah, the other ghosts. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That was pretty neat. And... Yeah, just like riding around and jumping over fences and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, she got to where we needed to go very quickly in Hyrule Field. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like I always just kind of uh, made it part of the story of, oh, we got to go save Epona. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Like after, uh, you know, the, after the, the ranch falls on hard times. And it's yeah. Like, well, you can at least hang out with me. <laughs> oh yeah, Malon and Talon are definitely uh, references to Marin and Terran from like. I was wondering <laughs> about that, and they're not the same names. Like I checked if they were the same names in Japanese, mm-hmm. which is somewhat translated them differently. So they're not the same, but yeah, I think it's a reference, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are oh, characters well, from of... Link's Awakening. Huh? Speaking of references, I wasn't it Zelda two where a lot of the the level the the towns were named after people. Yeah, like, there's Mido. Mm-hmm. There was Raru. Yeah. There was Rudo and Darunia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think one of them? I think Naburu too. Naburu, Naburu yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think most so. of the sages. Mm-hmm. Nice. I forgot about that. Yeah. 
I think that also in looking ahead in Breath of the Wild, I think the divine beasts are named after them too. Some of them. Yes. Uh, they are... There's Naboris. So there's Vanaboris. Yeah. Then there's Rarudo, right? Uh, Va... Ruda. <sighs> Ruda is the Rudo one. And then Rudania instead of Darunia. And then the last one is Medova Meadow, but that's the uh, Rido um, Divine from, Beast. Yeah, so something like except for Medley. Medley. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which is a character from Wind Waker. Uh, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of. Rido um, first appear in Wind Waker? Mm hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of um, places named after sages and things. Characters and stuff in uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, are there? Mm hmm. Like the map is full of references to the older games. Hmm. We'll see, I guess, in a year when we play oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, like, Imp is a character, like a main character, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. In Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not that that's it's like, uh, like, I know in the Zora's domain, there's characters, there's places named after, like, the, uh, like the Zora characters in uh, like Twilight Majora's Mask, oh, Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Maybe in, like, ten years they'll name things after Sidon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Maybe in later games he'll be like revered like he was the the sage or champion or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I got a smile. <laughs> <laughs> the gold grin. Yeah. His shiny smile. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wait, were there other speedruns? We got distracted. There's several categories. I typically try and pick, you know, the fastest, the the any percent, and then one of the more, because um, there's like eight categories. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the fastest um, was like six minutes. Yeah. The all the dun all the temples was, was an hour. Uh, uh, an hour and fifteen minutes, okay. almost sixteen. Um, a hundred percent is three hours and fifty minutes. Wow. If you want to do it glitchless, it's three hours and 38 minutes. So you can beat this game in four hours, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what do we give ourselves? 25 hours? Um, Five weeks or four weeks? I forget how how I averaged it. It was, I don't know. Well, it was, it was you, you've given us five hours every week, and then I don't remember how, just how many. Let's see, we recorded the last had. one on May 30th. And today's July third. See so. the how the how long does it take to beat Ocarina of Time? So it's like twenty twenty six hours. So it probably gave us five hours a week for five yeah. four or five weeks. Mm -hmm. So yeah, probably like twenty five hours. So we could beat it in yeah. uh, like less than a quarter, like a fifth of that time is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, are we ready to talk about music and or maybe we talk about visuals first, then music? Yeah, sure. yeah. polygons. As Cosm said, <laughs> we're in three D now, y'all. Three yeah, D yeah. games. It's happening. And the N64 was a pretty crazy console when it came out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So far, we've been dealing with games that were basically like sprite and 8-bit, I think 16-bit for the NES-based. So, and like 8-bit for the Game Boy Color and Game Boy, which is all the consoles that we've played so far. So we're moving into polygons, y'all. And I just wanted to explain briefly how that works for people who don't <laughs> know or who have never thought about it before. But essentially, consoles are like very specialized computers which I never really thought about before, but they are. Mm -hmm. So, and they have like very specialized parts and a specialized operating system. And the interesting thing mm -hmm. about the N64 was first of all, as I said before, the resolution were all the way up to 640 
by 480, y'all. <laughs> We're here. <Yeah. laughs> well, the crazy thing is that the GameCube, when we get to talk about it, was like 100 times... It could, the GameCube disc could store like 100 times more memory or something, or like more uh, stuff than the N64 cartridges could, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, something like that. So I just read a stat about it today. It was insane. Anyway, very interesting. But 3D mm -hmm. graphics definitely like sort of paved the way, and the N64 was one of the early like adopters of this kind of technology, and basically the way that it works... And I have an article that I'm going to include that like explains how this works visually, which is is helpful, which is that it maps out shapes. So everything in every like three dimensional object or character is made out of polygonal shapes that are basically rectangles or triangles. So like if you have like a, you know, like a spherical object, it's made out of a bunch of small like rectangles or triangles or whatever to make it look like a sphere. And like faces are sort of made out of like polygonal shapes and then a texture like a bitmap graphic texture is projected on top which is very interesting. Um, and also, the because everything is in 3D, the N64 had like special processing that would calculate what things look like when the player's looking at it at different angles. So there was a lot of like very interesting technology driving the polygonal like graphic system for these. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I ever consciously thought about the fact that in 2D you can 100% control the player's perspective. What the player's looking at at any mm -hmm. time. <laughs> you can also... Ben has a fact that he just told me that he's going to say also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so another fun thing about this game is that it kind of started the notion of, okay, here's a game and you have your world. Um, and you look out and you can actually see something off in the distance and you can actually go to it. So you can yes. see Death Mountain over there when you step out in the Hyrule Field. There's mm -hmm. Hyrule Castle over there. Um I think a lot of games before that kind of had a, you know, like a skyscape, uh, something that mm -hmm. they would kind of just put in there to fill up the space and um, kind of go with the atmosphere and the aesthetic. But uh, Ocarina was one of those first games that, you know, you can you see this in Breath of the Wild like crazy mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, and the Horizon and those types of games where, you know, uh, that's kind of the point is, hey, look at all that stuff off this. Oh, you can go to that. Oh, I can. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of rendering that. Um, so that was fairly new uh, yeah. when Ocarina did this. They had this like special process for rendering textures because, like I said, this is like polygon shapes where you're putting a bitmap image on top. So, like, you imagine like every texture in the game is basically just like a flat image that's being projected onto these like shapes that are arranged in three dimensional space. And because of that, because you can look at things from far away, something that has like a small size at a distance needs to have a smaller texture so that that texture doesn't look weird. Like, imagine if you had, like, a very high-resolution image and it's, like, resized on your screen, right? It, it can, like, be lossy and lose, like, pixels and stuff. So they actually created the system that would take um, different textures that were different sizes and then, like, decide kind of, like, which texture, based on the size that the viewer is, like, viewing it at, which texture to apply at that time, mm. which is crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was reading about this and it blew my mind. So it was very <laughs> interesting. And basically, the N64 kind of, like, is credited with inventing that, tech, like, the technique for rendering um, textures on polygons. So it's pretty cool. I think I've noticed that, like, as I get closer to things, like, I see a shift in the image. Yeah, the texture would change. And that must change. be what that is. Oh, my God, that's fascinating. It's very interesting. I don't have a lot of specific things that I wanted to talk about in terms of, like, the visuals, but I really went down into, like, uh, the depths of like looking at the technology on this one because I thought it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. That is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of neat stuff with the draw distance mm -hmm. stuff in games where like 
some of the early games would just do like fog. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what they said. It was like, like no was fog, away, only textures. Then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then like, yeah, then games started doing like more complicated models up close and like less complicated ones in the distance and stuff. Yeah. So the N64 was like one of the early. Yeah. Like developers of that technology, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drivers of that kind of technology, yeah, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Level of detail, that's what it's called. I'm sure I think <laughs> the term. Yeah. You know how it like looks different when you get close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you see it even in modern games. With the, uh, like in uh, Breath of the Wild, you can see like a less detailed model of like like the Gerudo village from like mm-hmm. yeah, from far away. the top of the things and stuff. And I think they yeah. like, it's stylistically like um in the desert there's haze so like it's kind of like faded out but also i think it's like less detailed so it renders in a less detailed way and then when you get closer Mm -hmm. it renders in a more detailed way but then they also use like stylistic things to make it transition better that's what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and i think like this map the way the map works and the way the different places in hyrule work Mm -hmm. is pretty immersive feeling so we're talking about like say comparing to something like breath of the wild now it's obviously a much bigger map but like mm-hmm. i was surprised even by the scale of this game yeah mm-hmm. playing it as yeah. an adult in 2022 as we're <laughs> recording mm-hmm. this now i was like wow it's like it takes like a good half a day to get across hyrule field and there's like stuff mm-hmm. in here and like different places that you can go to yeah it's very mm-hmm. interesting yeah. i really like the way the places like connect to each other too yes like like you can fall in the river in Gerudo Valley and wind up oh, in the yeah. yeah, I did that many times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's man. a secret cow there. So yeah. yeah. Can I tell you all a story that literally just hit me this second? Yes. Um, a recovered bef- memory. Be- yes. <laughs> so we had like a uh, we had a place called Family Video where we'd rent games from and I do mm-hmm. remember renting Ocarina of Time to try and play it before I ever we actually bought it from a pawn shop. Mm-hmm. And I booted the game up and I was actually on that bridge going to Gerudo Valley. Mm. And I remember as Link, I was like, hey, here's some chickens. I'm going to hit the chicken. Oh, oh no. my God. The chickens are coming <laughs> at me. Oh my God. <laughs> and I remember jumping, I remember like j- jumping into that river. Yeah. That to was, escape that the was, chickens. <laughs> yeah. That was actually my first interaction ever with Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Seems appropriate. Go, a classic go, <laughs> moment brought to you by Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go figure. <laughs> Everybody tries to attack a chicken, and they learn very mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. that they're not chickens, they're cuckoos, and they'll come for you. Yeah, it was pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, they get their own, like, cutscene in this game, too. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Zooms in on the chicken calling for help. It's like, oh, it! <laughs> I didn't realize that, because I didn't attack them, but I guess I'll have to in every <laughs> game now to see what happens. Mm-hmm. One exciting visual thing that's not related to the gameplay itself was that this game was released on a limited edition gold cartridge, if you were lucky oh, enough yeah. to get one. Uh, the version that I have is not on a gold cartridge, although my Majora's Mask one is on a gold cartridge. So, mm-hmm. I don't know how, you know. I bought them in, like, 2020, so, um, like, mm-hmm. used, but... I, yeah. I remember actually seeing the gold cartridge in the pawn shop and not convinced, like, at the time... <laughs> I didn't ask my dad to get it for me. And then I, whenever I eventually got the game, it was not the gold cartridge, but mm-hmm. I had a chance probably. <laughs> so just passed yeah, I remember up I'd on see it. them in like the, in the cases in the used game stores ooh. growing up. Mm. It's like, ooh, here's the gold edition. Colored cartridges, as we discussed before, colored plastic is the way to a child's heart for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I think the so the this is a, a callback to the NES uh, original Legend of Zelda that was released on a gold cartridge. So, which was a much bigger deal because I think way less NES cartridges were colored cartridges. Most of them were gray. Like probably ninety nine percent of them were gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know of another one offhand that was released as uh, like with colored a color as a colored cartridge. But yeah, no Duck Hunt was SNES, right? No, Duck, no, Duck, Duck Hunt was NES because that was red. Oh, was it? <laughs> Duck- uh, yeah, Duck Hunt and Mario I was gonna say the- together. Oh, yeah, it's good. well, the version I have is gray, so yeah, that one was red. I think, yeah, the first edition is mm-hmm. red, or the first, like, release yeah. or whatever, first version is red. Yeah, it's like, I can think of a handful of colored uh, N64 cartridges. Same. But- like, Rayman mm-hmm. was green. Mm-hmm. Donkey, Donkey Kong yellow. yellow. The Pokemon Stadium 2 was gold and silver. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Um, <laughs> was there a- another Pokemon game that was yellow? Like a Hey You Pikachu or something like that? Was there another Pokemon so. game for N64? Like, there's Pokemon Snap, but I don't think Are, that was released Pokemon in Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadiums, and the Hey You Pikachu, but oh. I think Hey You Pikachu was gray. You might be right about Could that. Have been. Maybe I'm just all thinking the, of Pokemon Yellow. I was going to say, all the Game Boy Maybe ones were different colors. Maybe you're thinking of the colors. special Pikachu N64, <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is, oh, is yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it a Pikachu? Does it have a tail? This is important questions. <laughs> I don't know if it does. has a tail, but I think it's like... The foot is the power button or something, and the mm-hmm. can I the do cheeks a... turn on when the light oh, turn on the light when the light is on? That's cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need to do a segue about the N sixty four. Did you know that there was this crazy thing that was like a double layer N sixty four? I can't remember what it was called, but basically it was this attachment that was only released in Japan. That like oh, the disc drive. Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't. Wait, was it? I think it was a disc drive. But yeah, it attached to the bottom of the N sixty four. You can look mm-hmm. this up, and. It came with, like, special games that only worked for, like, that type of N64, and when you bought it, it also came with a special Nintendo dial-up connection. So they Mm -hmm. actually had, like, dial-up, like, internet service, and there was, like, a forum that you could access through the N64. This was, like, the 90s, and they had, like, an online gaming service. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. And they've still never done it. Nope, and they did. (laughs) It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty funny because, like, (laughs) Nintendo nowadays is like notorious for lagging behind on like online connectivity, mm-hmm. but like they were some they did some like really early internet stuff with their earlier consoles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sega did, Sega did as well. Um, and they, I mean, Sega. I think Sega also is like you could download games. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it, it it didn't really take off with how slow everything was back then, but it's interesting that they had that stuff in mind. Very early. Yeah, on. I know there was like Fantasy Star Online. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I never Is had that... a Dreamcast, but yeah, Dreamcast. But I know that was a big thing at the time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's just crazy. Well, Cosm, your your reference to Nintendo's um yeah crazy internet packages. This is very similar where it was like specific <laughs> and you had to pay Nintendo and you it did have a browser, but like the primary use was for special games that needed the the disc drive part, like Mario mm-hmm. Paint. Um, and some like other composition kind of games. And this came with a game subscription that lasted for a year where they would like deliver certain games to you, which like eventually oh, wow. obviously became unsupported and, mm-hmm. you know, eventually fell to the wayside as it was released in a small market and stuff like that. But it's just very interesting that they had this like early foray into online gaming and like forums and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I know they had this thing. I can't remember if it was the SNES or what, but they, like, streamed games sometimes. It's like, really? You could, like, you would be able to play a game, but only at, like, a certain time oh. and stuff. Interesting. Like, like, special editions of games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. I learned that about the N64 while I was doing research for this. 
episode. Yeah, the original Animal Crossing was released on the N64 disk drive in Japan, I believe. And then when it came out, they didn't... The disk drive never made it to America, so it got a lot of the games got ported to GameCube. So yeah, I think oh the reason is because it had a real time clock, and so you needed mm-hmm. that. There was yeah. some aspect about that Nintendo sixty four like DD system that had a real time clock capability. Um, but then like later, I think the first one was released in North America for GameCube, as you said, and like that had more space for like a real time clock basically to calculate mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very interesting. But yeah, did anyone else have to, um, returning to Ocarina of Time, does anybody else have to change the brightness on their TV? Because I found this game I, to be so dark. Like, I so should dark. have done that. I didn't. <laughs> and I struggled to play the game in certain areas because I'm like, I can't see. Oh, there it is. Yeah, first I turned um, the backlight up, then I turned the brightness up, and then I could only, I couldn't play between like 4 and 6 p.m. because that was when the sun <laughs> was shining directly on my TV. And I was like, how do we live? Did we live in caves in the 90s? Like, it was so, it's so dark. Like, just mm-hmm. the the textures and stuff are super dark, like, thematically, but also literally, in the sense that they're, it's very dark. And there's a lot of, I think, I have a kind of a criticism, which is that I love N64 graphics, but they, they did put, like, a lot of texture, like, there's a lot of visual noise in the backgrounds and things sometimes. Like, like for example, you're we talking about Jabu Jabu's belly earlier. And mm. there's just a lot of like visual sort of noise in these mm. spaces That's fair. in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. That's a personal criticism, I think. But it makes I a think little they were just like, holy shit! Look at all the colors we can yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thousands of yeah. colors that the N64 supported. I think it was like twenty thousand yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. yeah, I think the only time I really struggled with the darkness was when I tried doing uh, Dampe's uh, green digging. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah. like I can't see shit on this ground. <laughs> Yeah, that was a hard. Oh, hmm? go ahead, finish, Ben. I was just saying that that was a hard challenge, mm-hmm. no matter what. Like that was never easy. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. Something I was going to bring up about the gameplay yes. is there's a clock. There's day night oh, system. Oh yeah, we never talked which, about that. Which I mean, the day night system matters, but like the specific time, yeah, only really matters for Dampy's grave digging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to be there at a specific yeah. time. It has to be like after nine o'clock, and you can't be there because if you use the sun song, it's midnight, right? Yeah, Which is and too it's, late. it's too late. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything else that's that specific in the time. No. The um, There is the guy that you give the bunny hood to who's only during the day. And I don't know. Like, I, I couldn't find him this playthrough. I don't know why. Um, And I don't know if because I played the sun song, he was just in a, like, weird. Like, I just, I never found him. I think he's running around during the day and he, like, sits down during the night. Yeah. But, um, then he sits down in the tent the the only grid, outside thing the Gerudo thing as an adult, and he's like, I can't run now, or whatever. Mm. But yeah, you can, there's time, there's a progression of in-game time, mm-hmm. which matters for some things, like, matters for getting Skulltulas in the overworlds, and then yep. the time for, like you said, for Dampe's grave tour. Oh, and then I guess the only other one is the fire arrows, which is a very specific time. Oh, yeah, you, you have can to use shoot. the sun song for that. Yeah, you can. Yeah. As soon as the sun rises, you have to shoot the sun, basically, and mm-hmm. then you can get the fire arrows. That was so cool the first yeah. time you pulled that off. It is cool. The oh, first yeah. time I must not have shot it at exactly the right time because it didn't work, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. And then I just redid the sun song and did it again, and it was fine. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. The way it zooms the camera out and underneath the arrow. It's pretty cool. And you see it, like, mm-hmm. from the side, and it's just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of when the, um, in Super Mario 64, when you can access the flying cap level. Oh, yeah, you look into the, the light. Oh, yeah. The light shines down from that little thing, and it's like, 
like nothing tells you to do it. You're just like, what the heck is that? And, and you so look, you like go into first person, look up, and you're like, whoa. Because <laughs> it, it, it starts you flying also in mm-hmm. that level, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is a cool level. I didn't think about mm-hmm. that until just now. And a cool mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo's really good at like getting you to do things without having to explicitly tell you to do things. It's just really games. good <laughs> game design. Mm hmm. And I think we talked about before about how hard some of the earlier games were with, like, very little direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this time I looked at the manual for Ocarina of Time, and there wasn't anything in the manual that I saw that wasn't in the game eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really surprised to see in the manual that you transition, that it tells you that you're going to tra- time travel. Because I would like, yeah. why would you give that away? But, like, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, you might need instruction because mm-hmm. you can only use certain weapons as an adult and stuff. But, yeah, I was surprised by that. But yeah, there was, I mean, obviously we played it, like, I don't have the manual or whatever, <laughs> like, we played this without a manual, and it was I'm just some support with, like, game facts and stuff, but, like, uh, mm-hmm. or walkthroughs for some things, but, like, most of the, like, figuring out where you need to go next or whatever was mm-hmm. very easy, because Navi mm-hmm. tells you stuff, or the owl tells you stuff, yeah. or Saria tells you something if you, if you play Saria's song, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for example. Yeah, um, so it was even just the, the natural progression of the game, like, you're talking about like each like child and adult dungeon kind of paralleling each other. It's mm-hmm. like that kind of gives you an idea of where to go for the first several dungeons when you're an adult. Cause... Yeah, yeah, it's true. It is forest fire than water. Yeah, because you're like, well, I had to go to. It's like they told me to go to the forest temple, so maybe I'll try where the fire place was, yeah. and then I'll try where the mm-hmm. water people were. Yeah, the water people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Navi would say, "I feel like a cold breeze coming from the Zora River." <laughs> yeah. When you're in the volcano, as Caleb yeah. pointed out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Cosm, you're right, there's way more. So obviously the N64 had much higher storage capacity than any of the consoles that we played this game on before. And so you're able to have more detail and specialized um, like styling in places um, mm-hmm. than we had before. And so all the dungeons all look very distinct. Some of them have very interesting effects, like that, like rippling visual effect in the um, ice cave in the kind of like mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. And then we already talked about the water temple, the dark link room where there's it's almost it appears to be an infinite room, but it does have like a bound, um, mm-hmm. which we which we actually we didn't talk about that specifically. Yeah. So it's an infinite mm-hmm. water room where you can it there appears to be a water texture and it appears to be infinite, but there are sort of like bounds in the room. So if you can walk to invisible the edge, walls. yeah, there's some visible yeah. walls. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, it's really impressive how much they played with being a, like being a three D game with that much like mm-hmm. graphical power compared to it. Like a lot of games would be like, I feel like a lot of lesser games would basically try to be the two D game in three D, but they're like, oh, we're three D, <laughs> we can have these really vertical dungeons and mm-hmm. things you can move in and all this visual stuff, like the like the lens of truth. I don't think anyone would think of doing that in their like first oh, yeah. outing on three D. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. And also the interesting thing about the Lens of Truth is the mechanic also changes sometimes. So sometimes it reveals things and sometimes it, like, I mean, I guess it kind of reveals, I'm thinking specifically about the room we talked about earlier with the invisible walls. Like it get, mm-hmm. it shows you the walls. So like, I guess it reveals mm-hmm. something, but it's like something that wasn't there. I think the only other yeah. one is in the very beginning of the Shadow Temple. Uh, they're the skull torches and you have to look at, uh, oh, the, and they all disappear except for, for one. one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you have to Yeah, yeah the right one, the correct one. Yeah, so they use mm-hmm. that mechanic in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's a lot of like, and then, like you said, the Sheik uh, 
like symbolism is introduced. We continued mm -hmm. with the Triforce symbolism. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that was kind of interesting is a change in like Ganon's visual symbolism. So like before he mm -hmm. was like the like a pig demon and this time he has more of like he has like horns and stuff like at the end. Yeah. More of a like actually also very similar to Calamity Ganon with like the horns and the more of yeah, like a, yeah. a bull dragon kind of shape. Kind of mm. reminded me of the monster from The Last Unicorn. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Specifically. Yeah, um, <laughs> when, when he turned into that and you saw his like glowing eyes and his shape come for him. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I was like 12. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, that was, that was a, oh, no. that was a, oh, boy. we <laughs> This is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. They just hit him in the tail and it, that's it. But still. He's got such a distinctive look, too, like Ganondorf as a human. Yeah. Yes, or he does. <laughs> he does. He's he's very menacing. Also, I really enjoyed his, like, fan of the opera. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like cutscene at the end. Playing too. his own theme song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> and then he like crushes the floor. Mm -hmm. It's all very fan of the opera. Yeah. I do like how the music gets louder as you go up the tower. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good effect. And they, they make you go up a lot of stairs. So they give you they a do. lot of time to think about what you're getting yourself mm -hmm. into. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're just programming the volume, but I noticed that there's way more depth in the sound like because the game is in 3d i think that's also stylistically considered for the music because there there are a lot of places where the sound gets louder when you get closer or mm -hmm. gets louder when you get close to something or you hear it sort of like on one side if you have stereo set up so like you can hear something mm -hmm. you can tell i can't remember what it was it's but like you can a... tell if it's something's to your left or to your right like if somebody's behind you mm -hmm. yeah it's very interesting yeah. it's like a major part of the uh, navigating the lost woods yes yep. mm -hmm. yes you have to walk to the um like place where the song is loudest so to be able to tell mm -hmm. the volume difference between all three of the or like whatever the different connections Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so it's the it's it's programmed in a way that makes it very easy to hear like depth and sound which is really cool mm -hmm. yeah and definitely a change from like the flat sound that we had in older consoles right mm -hmm. or it's just like you hit button and sound come out <laughs> like you know <laughs> i have a question did we seamlessly transition into audio i think so <laughs> oh my god not a seam <laughs> Brilliant. I wasn't ready for it, though. <laughs> Do you have any other visual things that you want to talk about? I have oh, something, I but it's related to something that I want to talk about with music, so it's fine. Um, mm -hmm. I was just going to talk about, like, I, I really liked how the change from uh, child to adult Link yeah. came about. Like, especially in the Temple of Time and Hyrule Castle. And, like, when you come to Hyrule Castle, like, it suddenly it gets darker. Mm -hmm. And, um, you like, the shadow across the entire, like, as you're getting close to the bridge. Mm -hmm. And then the storm over... Um, the... Over... Death Mountain. The, the Death Mountain yeah. also. Yeah. And, like, I feel like... And I don't know if this is true, but is Kakariko Village, like, a darker shade? It rains there. So, like, when you go toward mm. the end, when you're supposed to be in the... Uh, when you're supposed to be in the... Shadow, Shadow Temple, Temple yeah. it rains there constantly. So, like, I would leave and come back to go. I went to go and get, like, milk, free milk from the cow a couple of times. <laughs> so, like, if you left and went to Hyrule Village or Hyrule Field or you went out toward, like, the Goron toward Death Mountain, then you come back to Kakariko Village and it's dark. But I think that's my recollection is that it's only when you're supposed to be in the Spirit Temple. 
or the Shadow Temple, rather. I get them confused in my head. Sorry. Apologies to all. No <laughs> How dare. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're completely different. Spirit, different. Shadow. Yeah, but one has ghosts and one is called Spirit. So it's like, anyway, whatever. <laughs> listen. And then the ghosts are actually in the Forest Temple. Anyway, listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, definitely there's like different mechanisms used to like change the light levels and stuff i think yeah yeah Yeah. i think that was kind of funny with the visuals it's like it's mostly like fully 3d but there's a couple of like fixed camera angle (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. stupid entrance to hyrule village the castle town (laughs) and Um, in front of the temple of time like you're forced to mm -hmm. look at the temple of time every time you saw it every time yeah yeah, it gives me like major like point and click adventure vibes. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> but you yeah, can yeah. walk across the screen. So <laughs> yeah, it is. And then it's like using the Z stick to not, or using the control stick to not walk forward. Mm-hmm. Like you have to walk to the side. It's like I kept, I would just like run into those walls, like between mm-hmm. the Temple of Time and like you know the stones oh, there yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of locked, like fixed perspective things too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think another, like, kind of visual but also layout thing is, like, a lot of, like, one thing that really impressed me was playing through the Gerudo's, like, fortress, where it's all these, like, interconnected and, like, inter, Mm -hmm. um, there's, like, multiple layers, and you can navigate them sort of, like, in real time. Like, it's kind of not the same as, to me, as, like, a dungeon. Maybe it kind of is, but, like, it's, you walk out one room and you're in, like, one place, and then you go up another and you're in, like, another place, and you can kind of, like, backtrack and go over and under the same things. Like, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And complicated. Yeah. There's some good maps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really embrace the embrace the verticality and like three D space. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. There's lots of like in the dungeons. There's a lot of times where you like crisscross over the same room and stuff. Yes, yeah. you have to go up and down. You don't just fall through holes like we talked about in older mm-hmm. games. <laughs> uh, in the the fire temple when you use the Yo. megaton hammer on that nail and you fall. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah, eight hundred miles <laughs> and you're fine. Yep. Uh, and now you've created the space to finally get to the the boss. Um, yeah, I like so. how you go in there and it's like, wow, look at that. Navi's like, look at that giant thing. I bet you need to do something there. And it's like, I bet I do, because it's a Zelda <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. It's a block with a face on it. It can't not be important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is cool when you finally get the... And, like, it took... I I I know people struggle with the water temple, but I personally struggled with the fire temple more, where mm. you have to go find... it. I found it difficult to go in there and, like, find all of the the prisoners and like go through all the levels and i got lost a lot and stuff like that and so yeah. i struggled there was, with that when, when it would switch to the overhead when you were kind of uh or like doing top down mm. and you go to a certain corner and it's like that's where one of the gorons is hiding but you may not necessarily see i think they would put a torch there to kind of mm. try and tip you off but yeah it wasn't the easiest to see mm-hmm. at times and like there, I didn't realize you could bomb the fake doors. I thought they were just fake. So there's one place where you have to bomb a fake door that turns into a real door. And I was like, well, I guess this is a dead end. And it was <laughs> the next place that you needed to go, right. <laughs> for example. So like stuff like that, I got caught a couple of times. Um, but yeah, actually, the Fire Temple has a good 3D thing. Like the part where you, you run around. There's like that little maze kind of thing where the boulders are. And you have to do the top part and you have to do the ground part. It's very interesting. Those kind of levels were really fun. The way, like, if you are in the same place multiple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Anyway, seamless transition to music. <laughs> All right. So that's more like yeah, it. <laughs> that's how, this is how we do our podcast. So I have another. The other one was too seamless. It was too seamless, and we didn't know what to do. The other. Um, so I have another interesting technology discussion, or at least what I think is interesting about the N64. So on older consoles like the NES, for example, there was a dedicated chip on the motherboard that would create waveforms so that's why chip tunes and like music from consoles like the nes sounds like beeps and boops because it is procedurally generated waveforms so it just makes a wave that's a certain frequency and a shape and that gives it it's like sound quality but the n64 does not have any dedicated hardware for sound which apparently some people complained about at the time because they were like oh it's not dedicated which means what that means is like your game processing is also taking up the same processing you know like space as a, and memory as the sound is. So you don't have any dedicated way to process sound. But what's really interesting is like, basically M64 worked it because of this, um, like what you would do to play sound is that you would have like a list of samples and then you would use code to call the samples. So like, basically you have a lot more flexibility in the sound and that's why you have like a much wider range of sound in N64 games than like games, like consoles like an NES. Like this is like a major, I think, enhancement in a certain way where there's way more flexibility because you can use any kind of sort of like mp3 or like uh, i guess like midi sound or whatever and mm -hmm. and use that um like uh code your game to call those samples to when things happen which is pretty cool um and as we were talking about before like all the like the dungeons have their own looks, but they also have their own feel with the sound and the music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a couple of interesting things. Actually, I want to talk about the sound effects first and like the gameplay, because obviously music has a huge influence on the gameplay in this game because you receive this magical instrument. So like in previous games, you had like a flute where you could teleport and in um, Link's Awakening, you're collecting all of the the wind, the inst magical instruments so that you can play the song to like wake up the wind fish, which is your goal. And you get like three different songs in that rather than just oh, the yes, one. Oh, yes, you do. You get a couple of songs. Yeah. Like Mambo's Mambo. Mambo's Mambo, the greatest song. <laughs> ben doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <It's> like... <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> play Link's Awakening. You'll enjoy Mambo's Mambo too, I think. <laughs> um, but in this game, you get one instrument. And you're taught a variety of songs by other people in the game that you can use to do things like teleport, which is the major one. So you can teleport to the temples, but they also like reveal things or open doors like the Song of Time, for example, mm -hmm. or Zelda's Lullaby that starts the fairy in the um, the fairy to the underworld in the in the mm -hmm. Shadow Temple. Oh, yeah. And you get Epona's song, so you can call Epona or you can get milk from one of the mm -hmm. many cows that are randomly in holes in places in this yes. game. And you get Saria's song, the catchiest song that made Darunia dance his, his funk away. <laughs> and you can change uh, the time to day or night. Yep. And you can change. You can go to the Temple of Time. Um, it doesn't really change time, but you can warp to the Temple of Time and then uh, withdraw the sword or uh, drop the sword and then go back in, or forward in time. You can also make it rain, most importantly of all, <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. with the Song of Storms. And you can call the Scarecrow, and uh, as you heard earlier, my sad, sad Scarecrow song, very <laughs> hesitant Scarecrow song. <laughs> it's a song that the user actually inputs, so it's very interesting. 
Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that's really interesting to me specifically as a music nerd is that the notes from the ocarina are actually represented on the staff. So like when you play the song correctly, sometimes you see like a staff, a musical staff appear. And it actually like actually shows the the notes that are the tones on the ocarina. And I figured out what the notes on the ocarina are, which I'm sure everybody has, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited about it for myself. Did you know that you can alter that, those notes? What? <laughs> if you, I think, hold, like, the the stick up or down, and then also, I think you can press either Z or R, you can change it so that it's flat or sharp, <gasps> I think. Why do I... And so, well, I... I'm pretty sure you can play, can a, like, actual songs. Um... And I don't, I don't think that, like, I think if you're holding up, it won't play the song correctly. I could be wrong about that, though. But um, you can give it uh, a much wider variety of, of notes to play if you wanted to learn how to play uh, Ocarina of Time Ocarina. Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to look into this. That's pretty cool. I feel like I heard that a long time ago, and I completely forgot. <laughs> I should look into that. I didn't know that at all. But anyway, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, and yeah, and it's, I think, like I said, music is a, a very important part of Zelda games, but this is like major gameplay elements now, mm-hmm. not just Mambo's mm-hmm. Mambo. <laughs> and it, it stays a major, well, in Wind Waker, in Wind Waker it, is, in it is, Skyward Sword it is. I don't remember if you play anything in Twilight Princess. I don't think you, you do. You have the, um, the Howling Stones oh yeah you and you also have like some of those little like um like those things the grasses you can whistle through oh yeah you can do so it's not like oh, yeah. major, Upon, uh... but it's still there yeah okay and also yeah. that the whistling in twilight princess is the same i think it's a different key but it's the same song as opponent's song it's like da 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 yeah 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 so a lot of these songs make multiple appearances mm-hmm. later oh, yeah. um or variations of them make appearances later yeah. in, mm-hmm. in later games. Yeah, it's very important. I think the Sun Song is also the same in Wind Waker, if I'm not mistaken. It's oh. similar, at least. Mm-hmm. We can confirm later, but yeah, it's similar. Yeah, it's also the notes that play just at the beginning of the Hyrule Field theme that, when, you're, yes. when the sun rises. Same up, sound, so. similar sound effect. It's definitely mm-hmm. the same. I think uh, in Wind Waker, it's like a different instrument or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that little tune, I recognized it and it made me smile. So when the sun rises in Ocarina of Time, there's a sound effect at the beginning that goes da 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 And that's the mm-hmm. same sound effect that's used later in um, Wind Waker when the sun rises, because there's also day and night. Mm-hmm. There's no wolf howl at night, though, in Wind Waker, as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And like, I think. Uh... Like the Great Sea theme is a variation on the Hyrule Field theme yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, hey, yeah, speaks yeah. lots of lots of stuff in this game comes back and like remixed in later games. Speaking of the Hyrule the- Field theme, would you like to hear how much of the Hyrule Field t- theme is in Ocarina of Time? <laughs> I will play it for you. Are you ready? Okay, sure. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it goes da 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 da. da. That's like one minute into the Hyrule Field theme in Ocarina of Time. So the beginning of the song is completely different. And mm-hmm. there's that one little section in the middle where it goes da 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 and then it goes on in a different melody. So yeah, it's very mm-hmm. interesting. There's no yeah. almost no Hyrule Field theme in Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the main huh. Zelda theme is not in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> hmm. 
did you notice? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter because the rest of the music is great. But it's just very. Did you notice the warp whistle song is in the uh, opening titles? Yeah, that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I had to think for a second. But yeah, I know. You're right. Good catch. There's themes. Like, hmm. there's all these different, like, themes that are, are present. And then I think this establishes a lot of themes that are used in later games. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just, it is it is interesting that, um that like, main Hyrule Field theme that was, like, in, um was it linked to the past or in, yeah, I think it was linked to the past. It was, like, riffed on, like, three or four times. Like, it was used multiple times in that game. And in this game, there's literally, like, ten notes from mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. are used in it, which is cool. Are we ready to talk about the controversy? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which I thought was very interesting. So the controversy that I'm referring to is the two. there are two elements that were removed from subsequent re-releases of Ocarina of Time and also later versions of the original like cartridge production. And the two elements were... A visual one, which I didn't talk about yet, but basically it's a symbolism. So often in the game, the star, crescent moon and star symbol, that's not necessarily associated with with Islamic countries, but it's come to become associated with Islamic countries as used. And so that symbol is changed in later games to kind of like two circles and like wavy lines, basically. So like Mm -hmm. many, yeah, you can look it up if you look, especially if you look at the, um, it's on the so I am lucky enough to have an original cartridge that has all the things that were removed, which I didn't realize when I bought it because I just bought it randomly used. And it was just whatever version they had, right? Um, but so basically, on like the blocks that you move and stuff, you might have like a crescent moon shape and a star. Um, it's also the symbol that's on your shiny shield, like the mirror shield. <laughs> mm-hmm. shiny. You heard what I yeah. said. <laughs> um, and. If you have, uh, if you play like the 3DS version specifically, these are the things that would be changed. So like, it looks like, um, pretty sure it's like two two dots in kind of like a wave kind of shape. I don't know how to describe it. It's a generic oh. geometric shape as opposed to a recognizable oh, symbol. Yeah, yeah. So that's just I find that funny because my my game has the the original. Oh yeah, so you have symbol, the we have the first version, but has the updated music. Okay. Oh, so yours has a mix. So. That's interesting. Yeah. And like, yes. there are other graphics that were changed later for the 3DS version. Like, um, I don't know if I'll move this discussion, but we talked about the ship, the ferry to the underworld has a different map. Uh, side note, mm-hmm. apparently the, uh, the dots and wavy line symbol is the crest of the Gerudo. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did they use uh. that in like other games like Breath of the Wild or whatever? I didn't notice. Maybe I should go look. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But mm-hmm. okay, yeah, okay, cool. But yeah, so they changed like sort of a well-known symbol, recognizable symbol that has like some. The thing is that Nintendo very much wanted to sanitize religion out of games. So in this game, I think it was impossible for them to remove like the three goddesses like yeah. storyline like they did in uh, the Link to the Past, <laughs> um, which was uh, essentially heavily sanitized, but like. Um, in this game, they couldn't remove that, but they did remove some, like, religious symbols, like the star and the moon. And then the other one, the major controversy, is the Fire Temple music. And this is very interesting. So I found a really good video that I will link in, in the description notes so that everyone can see it, which is uh, 
game trailers video and the uh, title is Pop Fiction Season 1 Episode 9, The Fire Temple Chant. So it's all about game trailers investigation of this rumor. So basically there is a prevalent myth that due to public outcry, the chanting from the fire temple, which resembles like a Muslim prayer, was removed um, after the initial release. So basically later cartridges and re-releases don't have that music. But what they found through their investigation is that you can check the ROM completion date. So you can check when the cartridge was created and all of the cartridges that had different versions were all created before the game was released. So basically like the myth that this was changed because of public outcry isn't true, but probably someone at Nintendo like heard it and decided that they needed to change it while the, the cartridges were in production. So mm. yeah, so it's very interesting. So uh... you can watch this video and they talk about this whole method for how they, they proved this. The other thing they talk about in the video is where the actual sample comes from, which is interesting. So I have a couple samples here to show you. Basically, they um, got some information from another forum that is the HCS64 forum, where users actually catalog like the sound effects used in video games, which is really cool. So if you go and look at it, it's like super old school looking, like just text. But people are like, here are like known sound effects for different games that were used. And there's a couple that they found for um, different Zelda games. So for example, I have some samples to play for you. Here's a sample from the Forest Temple music, our favorite, haunting, haunting music. Mm -hmm. So that's like the sound oh. effect sample and then how it's used in the songs. And then here's the infamous Fire Temple chant. Are you ready? So this is gonna be the same thing where it's like the sample and then the actual way that it's used in the music. So let me find this for you. So you can hear that they basically use like the end of that sample and it's like repeated multiple times and echoed in the fire temple chant. So that's the chant that's removed. And in Ben's version of the game and in many versions of the game, like all the later ones, especially the 3DS version or like later releases, that chant melody is replaced with sort of like a synth choral voice melody, but it's the same melody, but it's definitely less haunting, I'll say. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I mean... It's yeah, the uh, that ori that original sound effect is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, like it's just it's arresting. There's a reason it was used, and it wasn't only used in this game, by the way. There are other N64 games that use that chanting sound effect. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this article um, or this video, you can go and see in the video. There were two other games. One was like cruising around the world, which is a racing game, and another one was really? a, yeah. Oh. Apparently, <laughs> there's a track that's huh. in Egypt or something. Um, it's like in the desert. And then there is wow. a fighting game that I had never heard of. And I think it's like an Xbox game or something crazy. There's a later game from like the 2000s that used that sound effect also. So it's been used mm. in other games. Yeah, it's very interesting. These are like sound sample like discs that you can buy. It's just like a, a voice, a sample. It's like a bunch of voice samples that you could buy for music production. So it's very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So rumor dispelled that it was from public outcry but rumor definitely true that there are different versions of the game and the the voice mm -hmm. chanting sound effect is removed and if you have a version that has it 
it is very haunting to hear that constantly in the fire temple, <laughs> I'll say. Yeah. Um, I, I think even as a kid playing it, the fire temple music, I, it is still very good. It definitely, it didn't feel complete. Mm-hmm. It felt like there wasn't as many levels to it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to find out later that there was something taken out, it was like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear it, you're just like, oh wow, mm-hmm. that was you know that I think that would have completely changed my take on the fire temple, honestly, like from an atmospheric sense. When you know everything else, gameplay aside, yeah. I do think the droning sound they put in is unsettling in a similar way, <laughs> even if it doesn't have quite the same effect. It's there's a lot of unsettling temple music. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a really cool nugget you gave us, though, finding out that. The decision was made during the cartridge project. Yeah, and I can't take credit for that. That was game trailer. So they actually liked uh, acquired basically the method which they explained in the videos. They acquired multiple copies of this game, and then you can basically do this sort of like uh, I don't know, is it hacking? You do the sequence of like controls and stuff where you can then reveal what uh, version of the game you have like on screen. Ah. Yeah, but so yeah, you can you can use this. Uh, it's called the like cracked cartridge like hack thing or whatever and you you enter a bunch of commands and then you can pull up various information about the game but it includes the date that the rom was actually created on that um mm-hmm. on that cartridge wow. physical cartridge so yeah so they they through their investigation proof this i'm just bringing the interesting facts to you so yeah i highly recommend that y'all go watch this video that i'll put a link in the description um and you can learn all about this for yourself and it's very interesting so yeah a nugget about the sound a commonly known mm-hmm. nugget, I think, but like very good detail in this reporting. Well, but the also where it originally came from. The that sample is very interesting cool. to hear. Yeah, and all yeah. there's there's mm-hmm. other. So also in this video, I've picked two different examples from Ocarina of Time. So the Forest Temple one, which is also unsettling, and this one. Um, but they had samples from Twilight Princess. They had samples from like other games, like other and. Legend of Zelda games as well that were uncovered by this uh, these forum users. So very interesting. Yeah. It's just very cool. Like the process of creating sample music, I think is very interesting to me because like there's a lot of it that I kind of like don't understand. I'm trying to understand through this podcast, but it's cool stuff. For sure. Oh, also, I didn't say this, but all, all this music for Ocarina of Time was composed by Koji Kondo, our favorite. <laughs> from oh, yeah. So yes. that it all makes a lot of sense. I think um, this style is... There's a lot of things that are similar, but like you have so much more flexibility with the N64 console that you can do yeah. a lot of different things that probably couldn't have been done before. So pretty cool. Absolutely. We should, well, let's transition to your poll. I think this would be a good time to transition, Ben. Sure. Yeah, because um, so all I'm really doing here is I guess I'm trying to hammer home the point that <laughs> there's a lot of things to choose from when I poll the group. And I think there's going to be a lot of different answers, meaning we're talking about music or dungeons or game design mm-hmm. there's just a lot to choose from that's was done really well mm-hmm. um and music is where i want to start i'm gonna I, I decided to split this up uh on ellen's suggestion like do temple songs and non-temple songs so all we're gonna do here is just go around the room and just say okay personally your favorite what was your favorite temple song so we'll start with that and it can be you know if you want it can be the the warp to the temple or it can be the mm-hmm. dungeon music itself so um, so we will start with Ellen. Okay, my favorite temple music, and I thought about this for a long time, is the Forest Temple. Mm-hmm. 
but I have a cheat code, which is my favorite space music. Is like the Ice Cave music. The Ice Cave has oh, really yeah. cool music, and I think it's mm. it's not really a temple. It's kind of a dungeon. You have to go in there to get stuff, but the Ice Temple music is it's really cool. It's mm-hmm. pretty elaborate. It you is. Know? Almost like, yeah, bottom of the well. So that was beautiful music, mm-hmm. actually. And the visuals in there are cool, too. Mm-hmm. But Forest yeah. Temple is my favorite temple music. And though I, though I find it unsettling, I find it unsettling in a kind of like you're lost in an old forest kind of way. It's like beautiful and unsettling. You know what I mean? You can tell that that temple is isolated. You can tell that it's like, and then it, it, ha- it has a... There's ghosts in there that you're trying to find, right? It has this sort of, like, haunting quality, and then you have this, like, sort of, um, yeah, like, also spectral voice-sounding mm-hmm. music chanting in the background, too. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my favorites. Okay. So next up is Kayla. Uh, I said before we were recording that a lot of the temple music doesn't really stick out to me, which I think is kind of its job. It's supposed to, you know, be fairly unobtrusive in the background. Um Probably the forest temple would be the one that sticks out to me the most because it's like just really unsettling and really adds to the vibe of that area. Um, but if you're expanding it to the warp songs, I really like the warps to the um, the shadow temple and the spirit temple. Yeah, those are some good ones. I'll, I'll get into mine after work on that and the warp. Uh, but Cosm, what was your favorite? I did like the um, forest temple as well. Although he, I, I don't know if I've heard the the original Fire Temple because that sounded really nice. That uh, if I listen to that more, that that made it's also it as well. unsettling. When um, so when I also messaged yeah, the group when I got to the yes. level and I was like, this level is fucked up because it's like a prison. <laughs> like the whole concept is sort of fucked up that he's gonna eat, like they're gonna eat all the Gorons and whatever. And then you have this really unsettling mm-hmm. chant that's echoing in the background the way that the song is created it's not just the chant the sample alone is uh, haunting but then it's also echoed so you're hearing this like echoing chanting every like minute or so while you're in this dungeon trying to free the things and you're like catching on fire it's yeah it's a little fucked up (laughs) (laughs) just throwing that out there yeah i would say that's like a close third for me out of my list but yeah so um for me yeah, definitely Forest Temple because echoing the fact about it being unsettling. I almost wish when you first go in that you're not immediately um, assaulted by wolves <laughs> because so it, it turns it, it turns right into the the fight music. Oh right? yeah, I feel like you should have walked in there because once that kind of went away and I was really starting to walk through it as a kid, like thinking, th- hey. Thinking I was beating the game to, <laughs> no, you're in the future. You messed everything yeah. up. Uh, go to Kakariko, get the hookshot, and then go deal with this. It was definitely just like, I don't know if I want to get into this in terms of unsettling. <laughs> and, and the music is like, it's, again, it's unsettling and creepy, but I don't want to stop listening yeah. to it. That's kind of how I've always felt about it. Um, secondary shout out to the Shadow Temple. Yeah. I just love the the drums, and I'll get into that later on another thing but i love the shadow temple music and then for the warp song i love the requiem of spirit mm-hmm. that was the, the it's the last one she taught you that's my favorite one um just the way it, the way it lands i guess um i think my favorite warp song is the bolero of fire just that's, that's a good one too do you like the song or do you like the <laughs> absolutely oh i like both but i like the song too it's one of the more interesting ones i think but sorry i interrupted you that's fine um so 
That's Temple Song. So let's. Well, actually, I now that I think about it, <laughs> Ganon's theme from Ganon's Castle that is also a really good one. Do you like that he's playing yeah. it himself? <laughs> yeah, that too. Because um, I, yeah, I was thinking of all the dungeons, but that also is really good. Yeah. It's definitely a good mood. You know, mm-hmm. it's the end. And, and and I think the implementation as it gets louder as yeah. you're climbing really makes like sends it home. So. I love yeah. a good diegetic theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so next up is favorite non-temple song. So, all the songs we learned, you know, as again, as mainly as a kid, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> yes. So, Cosm, you're up first. Ocarina songs. Well, Song of Storms is really good, um, but of the warp songs as well, Bolero and Requiem of Spirit. And I don't know if I have a favorite out of those three. I think I think uh, Song of Storms still beats it, beats the other ones out. Um, maybe because that's a bit more fledged out in the um, windmill. You have like a song, whereas those other ones you have just such a, such a short snippet. I feel like if they expanded that to a full song, like I, I'd love to see what they what they would have done with that. You know, no, Song of Storms is fantastic. Uh, for for me, I really had to think about it. Um, because I just I love Zelda's lullaby in the credits. Mm. It just kind of hit the hit, hit hit the game whole game home. But uh, song of time. Yeah. yeah. The reason why is the specific moment. Uh, again, I had a completely different view of the game on what it was going to be like mm-hmm. when I finally got all the sages together, and it's like, okay, you got to go to the Ganon's castle now, and you walk you're walking to the Temple of Time. I remember turning and looking back at the the three. Um, Awesome amount. What, what, what they called stones? the original, th- the spiritual stones. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Floating on the altar and just thinking back and just being like, this freaking game, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the song and, and the and the and the song of time is going on in the temple of time, and it was just like, I don't know how this is going to end, but it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so next up is Kayla. Uh, for Ocarina songs, uh, gotta go with Song of Storms. Um, <laughs> Sorry, a song is also really good. Mm. Um. Yeah, and for just like other music in the game, uh, really love Garuda Valley. Gotta love a good Spanish guitar. Yeah, uh, it is great. Yes. great yeah. music. Yeah. Uh, I also like Sheik's theme and also uh, Kotake and Kuume's theme. Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that was really good. Okay, Ellen, you're last. Well, I have another question. Sheik's theme is the harp that's like. Sing it. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, it's the it's the theme that plays in the background when Sheik is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I do really enjoy Sheik's theme. That's not my answer, but I like it because it's kind of like a relief. I feel like you know that Sheik is gonna like help you. Sheik is there to do mm. something to help you, which is nice. Yeah. It also feels like reminiscent of Zelda's theme without yeah. being like yeah. really obvious. Yeah. Yeah. The same person. A uh, quick note. Hilarious that. Uh, she got tossed around by the thing from the bottom of the well. Yeah. She's like, well, that yep. was some shit. Yeah. Okay, here's a song. Now it's your turn to go in there. See ya. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> go back in time and then go fix that. She's like, glad I'm not you. Yeah, really? So... Well, that's what she said every time, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda's master scheme. Okay, sorry. My... Oh, no, that's not my That's so, not my favorite. My favorite is also the song your... of time. And I think yeah. it just has a very... Mm powerful feeling i think one thing that i didn't say before about the music that's very interesting is all these different songs they sound completely different they have different like um 
tone they have different emotional qualities they have they're in different Mm -hmm. like modes and they're all made with the at least the part that you play is made with five notes all of them are made with the same five notes and it's kind of crazy that there's like that much variety in that like limited um Mm -hmm. instrument that you can play it's very cool um but yeah the song of time is my favorite it has a very it has a lot of gravitas and that's why i like it but I do get sorry a song and Song of Storm stuck in my head all the time. Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. Mike like my husband's been watching me play the yeah. game and he'll sometimes start going like do 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 like stop it. <laughs> like <laughs> you know. Yeah. If, yeah. If that yeah. one gets in your head, it's yeah. not coming out for a hot minute. <laughs> well, I, there, actually there's another song I wanted to bring up is sure. the opening theme that I feel like some one thing we didn't talk about the music is that there are parts of it that are kind of grating. Yeah. Like, especially when you you get a medallion, there's that ringing sound. Yeah. That is just too high pitch or something. And, like, I feel like the opening theme gets there a little bit sometimes, but it's still just a very beautiful song. Yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. I, uh, maybe I'm getting old, but I turn the brightness up and the volume down every time <laughs> I turn the game on. But, yeah, I for sure yeah. turn it down. That If you turn on the... TV and the volume is too high and the opening screen is on, it's like so loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it yeah. is really nice when you have it at the appropriate volume. It's a very nice song. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I like, like I would like wait to press start sometimes just because that whole like the music and like riding a pona through the like sunsetty. Yeah. But it's a delicate balance before you get and, to all the yeah. cutscenes though. So you have like yeah. one minute and then it transitions to the cutscene so you can listen to it briefly. But yeah, yeah it's really you just nice. Just wait for the warp whistle sound to go and then hit start mm-hmm. <laughs> it also has like kind of a un- it's beautiful but it has this sort of like ethereal unsettled quality like you have unfinished business that you're about to, mm-hmm. to do right. right yeah i enjoy that yeah um okay so the next one is your favorite temple um and we can expand this to kind of like what elsa with the ice cavern like favorite mm-hmm. dungeon Let's do that. So okay. Kay- Kayla is up first on this one. It's kind of tricky. There's stuff I like and don't like about all of them. So, mm-hmm. but um, like I think Shadow Temple has the best aesthetics. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I didn't really enjoy playing through it that much. Yeah. I like Spirit Temple because I like how it uses the time travel element where you go in there as both child and adult Link. And yeah. I also mm-hmm. like a good you know light reflecty puzzle. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Forest Temple is probably like the most cohesive, like where everything kind of comes together the best, mm. like mm-hmm. the aesthetics and the music and the and like just the the way the temple is set up and everything. Yeah, I, especially with everything like you you drop down um a couple times to like you're in this room you knock it down and now you're in this other room mm-hmm. um, that helps you get to this other thing that you drop down that takes you to the back to the beginning. Um, that is a nice, very like, cause yeah, it, like the boss is at the very beginning. You know exactly where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just have to like go through and find the key. Uh, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. Get back down. Yeah. yeah. And I actually do like the water temple. It's, I think it's better than it gets credit for just because I think the mechanics didn't really support it at the time. Like yeah. the iron boots made it really annoying. And mm-hmm. right. Like, a couple other things. But, like, as a temple, I think it's really well set up. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Like, it's one that makes you, like, feel smart when you solve the puzzles uh, and stuff. Because yes. mm-hmm. kind of tests you on, like, remembering how the place is set up and everything. I failed that test many a time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 11... Well, you were 12. We're adults. It's different. Uh, yeah. I will tell you. Once... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have got anywhere if I was a kid. There but... are 11 small keys. I haven't played this game in probably 10 years. There are <laughs> 11 know. small keys. And you damn well better have them all before you go long shotting up those platforms <laughs> to go fight shadow link that's all i'm saying 
so right. <laughs> so to kind of echo Kale saying, I actually I really have a soft spot for the Shadow Temple, um, the creepiness all around, and um, mm-hmm. the I, I at, as time as a kid, I love the Spirit Temple. I love using the Mirror Shield. I yeah. love the time travel, like you mentioned. Um, but yeah, the Forest Temple. Some of the mechanics they introduced, like the spiraling hallway. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that and, shit was fucked up and yeah. great. The, <laughs> I forgot the, about that. <laughs> right when the first time you, it did it, and it pulled in the camera, pan, zooms yeah, in, like, and then it pans back here? out, and you're just like, "What just happened?" Yeah, but then mm-hmm. you look at the room, and you're like, "Oh, there's like a sideways thing down there, so probably yeah. I'm gonna have to like do something to flip it eventually." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. and it's the it's fa- really like cool. you realize the the room on the end is the same, but it's the hallway that changed. Like that's yeah. a really mm-hmm. cool idea. Like I mentioned before, shooting the arrows into the portraits them yeah. teaching that early on so you could fight Phantom Ganon. Mm-hmm. Phantom Ganon was a very hard first so boss annoying. for me to deal with. And Same. Um, mm-hmm. so beating him felt like a huge achievement. And then again, you know, I love the music. So yeah. that one, um, it was like, I want to beat this because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm a nerd. And I want to get out of here. Um, but on, along the way, you know, you, you, you get the bow for the first time and yeah. just, like it really, you, you really, you know, you're using the hook shot, which is awesome. And it's like, you feel empowered after yeah. beating mm-hmm. that temple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's okay. hard, but it does make you feel empowered. I agree with that. Yeah. So Ellen is up next. Controversial take. My favorite is the water temple. And I don't care that you have to take the boots on and off. And I don't care that you have to go back and redo all the water levels. Like, that's what I like about it. I like, like Kayla said, I think it gives you a feeling of accomplishment. And for me, it's like the kind of puzzle that I enjoy. It's very similar to the forest temple in that you like, you go into a room and you see that there's stuff that you can't reach. And you're like, okay, probably you can access that a different way. And it's the same in the water water temple where like you're like i know that i can raise and lower the water and so like i can't reach that room right now but if i lower it maybe i can and like if i do all this stuff so and i didn't have a problem remembering where the the water points were where you and like how to get there and so i can see why people would be like frustrated but i liked that temple the most to be Mm -hmm. honest um and it has shadow link which is great um and i think the boss isn't like that hard it's the amoeba so like you do this really difficult sort of like puzzle in the temple but then you don't have a super hard boss at the end um like kind of hard but not crazy um, yeah i mean he yeah. he was definitely weird you had to get used to how to cuz the, yeah, the pull the inside the nu- out the nucleus was moving <laughs> along his yeah noodle. yeah it was cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's noodly appendage yes. yeah yeah and you have to you can use the i think you get the hook shot and you pull it out with the hook shot and then you attack it yeah but it was all yeah. about the angle you had to strafe to a point where you your yeah, you your long shot would actually hit where it was going to be you and that he yeah. couldn't grab you at the same time yeah right. yeah and god help yeah, you if so. he grabbed you though he did a <laughs> no, lot of damage get flung around yeah, yeah it was hard so it was ju- I think it was like just challenging enough for me as an adult, <laughs> basically. Right. And then also shout out to the Spirit Temple. I agree with Kayla that it's a good combination of like everything that you've gotten so far. Like you go yeah. as a kid and an adult, so you have to time travel. And then you like there's parts that you can only access as a kid that you can't access as an adult. There's also like hidden things that you have to use the um the lens of truth for. There's also the same sort of like complicated things where you go in one room at one level and then three-dimensionally you return to the same room or whatever. So like, it's very and Not to mention the, the iron knuckles. Yeah. I mean, and the fucking iron knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> you felt like a badass when you beat them. 
I just uh, used an Aries love <laughs> and, and then bomb shoes and that helped a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, and they're creepy because they just, you have to go and engage them yourself too, which mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. part of what, like you have to psych yourself up to go and, and attack mm -hmm. them. But then I found the, the, I thought that the two witches weren't that hard, but they were mm -hmm. funny. So I also enjoyed that. There's some <laughs> yeah. humor at the end of the game where like, we're getting close to like, you're about to go fight Ganon. And if you, you've played a Zelda game, you know that that's, fight is going to be hard but then right before that there's that like humorous moment where they're like yeah. oh, are you dead <laughs> like it's crazy right. it's really funny yeah uh, yeah that's a good those one. are my takes water temples um, my so... favorite i'll say it it's on record <laughs> it's happening yeah you put your name on it <laughs> yeah um, i said it my no voice. i get your points though 100 yeah. percent um yeah so we're gonna round this out with cosm yeah yeah um i agree with the like aesthetics of the shadow temple are really cool especially like the boat and like the, the, the cool. giant skull pots yeah. and it's just it's it's very neat um and bonga bonga is fun i don't know in a way that like he's also like a very unusual kind of comedic boss in a way he just plays the drum and you bounce around on it like <laughs> it's, it's i think he's creepy but yes also funny yeah, also yeah. funny <laughs> um but no, I think I think ultimately it's the Forest Temple because you do have all those. I mean, pretty much everything mm. that Ben said, right? The music, the you get the arrows and the design of like shooting the 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 portraits. Yeah. Um, it's very spooky. You've got the the corridor that moves. It's spooky without being scary. I think the difference between like the Forest Temple and the Shadow Temple is like the Shadow Temple is kind of like. More macabre. like gory, creepy, yeah, macabre yeah. horror. Yeah. And the spirit, the forest temple is like unsettling. Mm -hmm. You know, the room, you're, you are questioning your own perception. You're hearing mm -hmm. the like chanting. You don't know where the ghosts oh, are. Shit. You saw them. Uh, the huh? wall shadows. You got to deal with them oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't there also the puzzle room? Yeah. Too, where and you you have to oh, them? yeah. Yeah. And that's to mention yeah. where the, the giant, like the half room falls on you if you're not in the right. You're, you, right. have, you have to find the right mm -hmm. checker mm -hmm. checker piece. Or, or, is that or... what you meant by the puzzle room? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's well, like a it's like one of those like a, a picture and you have to draw you have to grab move the blocks around. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Unless they're thinking of something oh. else. Yeah. No, uh, I thought you were talking about yeah the falling ceiling well, room. There was also like um, it was kind of like a clock right clock like room. Like there was like pie slices like red, white, and blue. And you had to oh, push the bottom. And move. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And you have to do it in the right order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's um, that's the room right before the boss. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And this um, is sorry. Just this is a small one, but when you had to shoot the arrow through the through the torch and hit the uh, frozen, oh, yeah, I thought that was really mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the, the I think that's the difference. I think that that's what like makes the Force Temple like something that I enjoy versus like something that deeply concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> like the um, like the shadow temple. <laughs> Next question. Yep. So, um, favorite boss. Now, this can include sub boss as well. Um, so, uh, I'll start on this one. Uh, bongo bongo with with me. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that the music is him beating on the drum. You know. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And when that you finally cool. get to him. Bouncing on the on the drum is funny, but it's also like now you're trying to Z target with your arrows while using mm -hmm. the lens of truth, so you can't miss forever. You're using your magic up, yeah. Um, and so it was. I I found it to be a challenging boss. Not like again, Phantom Ganon is what killed me. Like that was the hardest <laughs> for me. But Bonga Bonga was was moderately challenging. 
but also just like a crazy ass concept. Like whoever <laughs> came up with that, good job. Um, <laughs> so that's my pick. Uh, next is Ellen. My favorite, but I most of them killed me multiple times. Um, so I can't go with ease. But my favorite was Vavagia, and the reason is because maybe I just like easy games, but it was exactly what I expected in the mm-hmm. fight. Like, when we, I walked into the room, I was like, is this giant whack-a-mole? And then it was giant <laughs> whack-a-mole. And yeah. also, Vovagia looks cool. I feel like, actually, the fight with Vovagia is not hard enough, because you don't, and you don't get to see Vovagia, because he's, like, underground or, like, outside of your field of view, because he's, like, up on the ceiling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of actually, like, miss out on his kind of, like, cool fire dragony worm design and i enjoyed Vavagia because like it was Mm -hmm. i expected i knew what i understood what to do instinctively and it was like just hard enough and he has a cool character design so that's my opinion also like ganon's two horn design at the end too like his um final form fight uh i didn't like fighting him after fighting ganondorf but i did like his design so Mm -hmm. Yeah, Definitely. he's not Pig Ganon anymore. Now he's like Dragon Ganon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so next up is Cosm. I, I like uh, Volvagia uh, for a lot of the same reasons. Um, he's a very cool boss. I uh, I really like the sound effect it makes for some reason. Mm. That, like, scream. Yeah. yeah. But I think... Brian... What is it? Brian... I keep thinking of, like, Brian Star, but that's from Metroid. Brainstar. But oh. uh, the the one in Jabu Jabu, Jabu? Oh. yeah, yeah, the the, like, the electric amoeba thing, Baronade, mm-hmm. Brinade, yeah, 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 something like that. The um, barnacle, Baronade, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, something like that. Um, I, it's very like I don't know. It's, it's very unique in a way that I feel like like Goma and and I mean Bongo Bongo is, yeah. but he's ultimately just a eyeball that you shoot again, you know. <laughs> and like I, I think Brinade is a very interesting boss that's kind of fun because it's it ha- like it has very distinct stages yeah whereas like a lot of times you're doing the same thing three times and they get a bit harder whereas mm-hmm. like right uh brain aid gets like just a whole different phase altogether and like i don't know yeah I mean, he's got, it's, he's, it's cool it's interesting he's got the, um, jelly got the jellyfish yeah. Yeah. yeah it's shooting electricity at you yeah. all the time yeah it's, it's neat i mean fighting fighting him as kid link is easily the most challenging thing i Hard. thought mm-hmm. like compared to yeah. Like you said, uh, Dodongo, King Dodongo was like a layup. Like you didn't even have to yeah. try. Just threw and like a bomb Goma's and not too up. hard either. You just wait no. for the eye and then shoot or mm-hmm. whatever. Like um... Yeah. Okay, so rounding out with Kayla. Uh, I think I gotta go with Bongo Bongo too. <laughs> so so unique in concept and visuals. Like when you first see him, you're like, What am I looking at? And as you look longer, you're like, Oh, I don't wanna be looking at this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a, I like the use of the uh, the lens of truth in the battle. Yeah, yeah it's just challenging. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah, Bongo Bongo mm-hmm. killed me a couple times. Mm-hmm. There's one thing that you mentioned that I think is interesting, which is that Bongo Bongo that Bed mentioned specifically that Bongo Bongo plays the boss music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just my game, but there's no music in the background for the two witches in the Spirit Temple, right? Uh, no, there it's should be. Very quiet. And I think the reason <laughs> is so that you can hear your your shield powering up. Mm. But I was like, it was very unsettling, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> we didn't talk about that before, but yeah, I found it very unsettling. It's a boss fight with like no almost no music. 
and there were sound effects but no music huh. and i thought that was very strange yeah i don't know if you remember but um Google, no. look up the battle and well maybe i should look and see if it's just like my game there's something wrong it with might it have been your game because i remember the the normal boss fight music uh at least i, I thought know. i did i'll have to, yeah i'll have to take you up on that yeah anyway mm -hmm. at least in my game their boss the, they're like i said there were sound effects but there was no music in the like there's no background music wow yeah it was really weird huh like, I walked into the room at the end where you fight them, and it was dead silent. I was like, mm, I don't like this. Yeah. That's after you fight, uh, like, Naboru as a giant, as a uh, Iron Knuckle. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Anyway, next question. Yep. So, so, this is the last one I have. So, favorite level or plot design? Think, like, clues or, you know, let, let's just throw it out there. Like, the hallway thing I mentioned in Forest Temple, yeah. how it changed. Like, something like that. Like, that really just blew your mind. Uh, so, Ellen, you're first. Okay, that is a good one, but mine that I I decided before this is the ice cave. Uh, I liked the mechanic of collecting the blue flame, mm. and there's a couple of times where you have to collect it and then, like, go to another room or, like, collect mo collect the flame multiple times and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the ice cave is, like, a sort of a simple level. Like, it's hard to do, but you kind of, like, know what you have to do I felt like instinctively and like it, I liked the mechanic of like the ice and the also the sliding ice puzzles um oh, yeah. blocks. so I enjoyed that sort of like mini dungeon and specifically the blue flame where you have to like catch the flame and carry it I had to empty out all my bottles for that yeah that was <laughs> so the I trouble was if I, I usually had like two bottles for the longest time so I really had to make I it count to get three relatively easily. I think there's a way to get a fourth, but... Uh... Yeah, I forgot how to get the fourth, so I never ended up getting it. But yeah, I got three without doing anything special. Anyway, that was me. That's a good one. I forgot about the ice block puzzle. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the ice block puzzles. And mm -hmm. there's one in Ganon's castle at the end. And I uh. think that one is timed, if I'm not mistaken. So there's <laughs> one where it's timed. Yeah, I think the one in Ganon's castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. like random timed rooms in there. I'm like, why is this timed? <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> Anything with a timer is like the worst. As soon as it's like, like at yeah, least there was like justification the for the other. Yeah. Like, at least there's justification for the other timers in the game. But this time it's just like, there's a timer. That one, I think it would have <laughs> just reset too. I don't think there was anything like lost or gained mm -hmm. when you didn't have the timer. Like I got half of the... I don't, there was like multiple like nooks in the room that you had to reach. And I remember I got like half of them and then it reset and then you could do the other thing. So like, it wasn't that hard, even though there was a timer. So I don't know why there needed to be a timer. Like it was very weird. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, all right. Kayla is up next. Um, so I talked about this in our group chat a little bit, but like one specific moment in the water temple that like really struck me playing through is the. Uh, and you first go in, and you go into the room to find Princess Rudo. And she's like, follow me up here, I'll show you where you can change the water level. And so you take off your iron boots and float up with her, mm -hmm. and it takes you right in front of a bombable wall <laughs> that you can't get to yet because it's underwater. Mm -hmm. And you won't be able to get there for a while, but you like notice and go, aha, a bombable wall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then if you remember that later, when you finally get the water level down there. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, that was the one part of the, for the water temple that I did struggle with initially, was I forgot <laughs> that you could like float up in that room, and I was like, oh, that's just the <laughs> initial room, I don't need to go back there. And you had to go back there like three times, four times or something. <laughs> so once I did yeah. that, and then I like it unlocked the like water temple for me but yeah mm -hmm. and that bombable wall is cool agree with you mm -hmm. uh stop you won't you won't believe this i was not as observant as kayla so, 
11 small keys. I had a rough time. <laughs> I definitely didn't have one and then went through the, the room where you shoot the the platforms, the moving platforms with the hookshot and got to the top through the all the way through the hallway and I was like, son of a bitch, because there's like one <laughs> left and that there's a yeah. key at the end of that room. Yeah. <laughs> I did that like six times. I'm not kidding. Like I've played like, through that game keys. so many times and I every... <laughs> Yeah, I was like Charlie Brown after a while. Like, oh. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I definitely won't forget that I need two keys at the end next time. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 One that I think is could be more obvious in this one, which I think they do make more obvious in the 3DS remake, is the the like room under in that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the basement in the middle. Yes, mm -hmm. in the column. Like tower, which where like one of the platforms floats up. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind hard. of a cool design because it like shows the platform floating up. I think the 3DS remake makes it a little more obvious that there's something underneath it. It was hard to see. It's I... another thing where like you can see it while it's going. You're like, aha. Yeah. yeah. I definitely saw the platform float up, but yeah, I def definitely didn't think there was a hole there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, now you go... The guide that I checked was like, go down in the hole. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I think the 3DS made some visual improvements to the water temple. Like Also, the, the water cha level changing points have a different visual design, so they're much easier mm -hmm. to see on the mm, wall. Yeah. They don't blend in with the walls as much. Got it. Okay, so I'm up next on this yeah. one. and uh, Ellen alluded to it earlier with um, playing the Song of Storms, uh, being told that a mean kid came in here a long time ago and played the song, and now the windmill went all crazy. And here's the song. And me, as a kid, I'm pretty sure I'm quoting my wife. You know, when I was 12, this is exactly what I was thinking, her words. So when I realized that it was me that had to go do it, I literally was just like, stop. Like, <laughs> because no way <laughs> uh you were talking about paradox this is called a bootstrap paradox mm -hmm. and it's a lot it's it's in fiction a lot it's a, even in a piece of media i've been working on since i was a kid um i guess i love it because there's no origination point you go back mm -hmm. you, you you were told about this you go back and te basically teach it to yourself in a sense mm -hmm. and it didn't begin like the song of storms came from nothing it came from a loop um mm -hmm. And to utilize that in the game and actually just see it execute, seeing the water go down, I was just like, 12-year-old Ben's mind was just like, this is some <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, um, time travel. Yeah, that one was like, a, is it really a time travel story if you don't have a good paradox? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was an easy choice for me. Like, I never forgot that one. So uh, last but not least is Cosm. Can I cheat a little? Sure. No. All right. Um, mine, I think, is Master Quest uh, Spirit Temple. Mm. Okay. And there's two main reasons. One is a similar thing. You There's a, a couple instances where you do something as an adult and have to go back as a kid to get... Um, I, I don't think it's anything important, um, but you unlock a chest that you could go back to as a kid. Um, one time, I know that you have to hit uh, hit a rusty switch with a hammer, and it'll cause a chest to appear on the child side, so you have to go back oh. for it. Oh, yeah. Well, there's another one where there's a chest. I don't know if you guys unlock the shortcut in the Spirit Temple, but at the very beginning, if you look up, there's often an elevator uh, oh, yeah. that you could get. Mm -hmm. um, in Master Quest, that's how you enter the dungeon, is you go there. Oh, so you go to the top. You go to the top, and you push the blocks down. But in doing so, you block an eye switch that you have to hit with a slingshot as a kid. So you have to go back as a kid and, like, go through there and hit it before you push the block in. Mm. Uh -huh. um, so it's got a little bit of that more time interaction. And then the other room is, 
I don't know. Do you remember where there, all, there was those balls that were rolling and you had yeah. to collect this? Yeah. Past that, there's a chest. But in that room, there's like a dozen skeletons just hanging in the, in the <laughs> um, thing. And if you use Din's fire, you just destroy all of them and they all nice. just come crashing down, you know, one by one. Because, like, as the fire explains, you hear this push, 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 push. Nice. It's very satisfying. <laughs> it's the only good way to get rid of a bunch of spiders. Yeah, <laughs> fire. On fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the way Din's fire like it. It stop. It basically stops time, so there's no yeah. interruption, and then you just mm-hmm. you just feel like a super saiyan almost, like you're creating mm-hmm. this giant mm-hmm. fireball. Like it's cool. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. It is just a little unsettling because with the uh, Dark Link, if you do it, like you're in the middle, and he's just like walking around you, pacing around, not doing anything, and then he stops, and it would be I don't know. I just feel like if he stopped instantly, it would have felt a little more. Oh, he keeps walking around you while you're. While the thing yeah, is while you while you start the animation, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like when you're like getting ready to put your hand down, I yeah. think is when it stops. Yeah. So then you put it down, and the fire builds up, and then he starts moving again as the fire expands. Yeah, things Something do like continue to move for a little bit. The yeah. sequence for Din's fire is very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> from like a from like a coding visual perspective, <laughs> like same within the fight with like Ganon it, at the end, like he might slash you while you're trying to use. Like, I, I tried using Nair's love during mm. no, one of the yeah, times yeah, yeah. that I tried, which is stupid because then you can't use the light arrows, so it doesn't really work out. But yeah, like, so things keep moving in the background for, like, part of the sequence while you're using any of those items. So yeah, mm. it would be very unsettling to see Shadow Link walking around while you're using oh, yeah. Din's fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, that's a good one. So, yeah, um, so that's all I had on the roundtable. It was fun to hear all your answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I feel like in conclusion, it's a good game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Who knew? Ocarina of Time. I know. Crazy. <laughs> when I wrote my introduction initially, my first draft said, well, today we're discussing the GOAT, Ocarina of Time. And then I was like, maybe it's not the greatest, but it is really good. Yeah. And I think it, like, Link to the Past established that, like, Zelda game format where you, like, get three things, then you then you do something else after. But, like... Ocarina of Time uses that format, but also paved the way for a lot of, like, for the, established the 3D Zelda game series and for a lot of other video games, like, in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very and, like, I game. found I found this game much easier to play through than, like, Link to the Past. Yeah. That was, I don't know, it was, it was and again, it could have just been that the pacing that we had to put ourselves through, <laughs> but I found it a lot harder to just sit down and play it. Like, if I think if I, had, like, took though. it one dungeon at a time, like... For three years? <laughs> like... No, but like, but like I had to play like two or three dungeons at a time and then, you know, get up or, or then come back and try and like, you know, beat it, right? Yeah. Uh, if I was able to take my time and just like whenever I feel like it booted up, beat a dungeon, go, I, I feel like it might have been more enjoyable. But Yeah, I think there's just, there's so many dungeons, there's only so much you can do to vary them in yeah. 2D. Yeah. Like we're talking mm-hmm. about like every single dungeon here looks, looks and different. feels different. Even if they're, like, in the same location, like, Dodongo's Cavern and the Fire Temple, mm-hmm. like, they're they're in the same sort of, like, area of Hyrule, but they're, like, completely different. They have different mechanics. Yeah. Jabu Jabu's belly is very different from the Water <laughs> Temple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> King Zora, very different from Ganondorf. <laughs> Are <laughs> they, though? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was like twice the speed that he actually moved, but yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Why are they different? King Sora could he would probably take the Triforce for himself. <laughs> Did everybody like the cutscene at the end, the credit scene where there's yeah. like a big party and like King Zora and like Mido are there together or whatever? Yeah. I was like, what is this? And the windmill dude is just upside down. Yeah. Just- <laughs> I think they're yes. making him float. Right? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Anyway. And then Link lived his childhood. <laughs> yeah. It had to be a little bittersweet. I mean, they actually, there's a manga that they did for Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah. And they there touch is. on that. Like, he talks and he has his personal feelings on, on things. And um, it's like, it is it is kind of shitty to go through all that, save everyone, and you go back to a time where no one remembers anything you did. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you can take that however yeah, you... he's been through some shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the way the game and that tied it up was just, um, I don't know. I just thought it was really beautifully done with the... Like like even like coming back to the master sword and having the the bells hit really hard. Um, yeah, it just made me go, wow, man, I I really accomplished something. Like it yeah. just it felt like a a great game to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of games land that well, I think. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really um like the game as a whole. It's really cinematic. Like yes. for being a yeah. early N sixty four game. Like there are some of the cutscenes. I'm like, whoa, they're doing stuff with the camera here. Like. <laughs> Alterunia's angles. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, they had like POV yes. shots. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. Zooming, like the arrow mm-hmm. you said, for example, when the arrow is like flying. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and like all the weird like zooming when you're in Ganon's castle where you like you, mm-hmm. you uh, like whatever it is that you do with the sages. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what they described it. You know, you shoot the light arrow through it and then you get like zoomed back to the end to the main room. There's yeah. this like weird stretching mm-hmm. effect that they did. Yeah. Um mentioned, I already mentioned my reaction when you finally saw Ganon's like full uh, pig beast oh, form. Yeah. yeah. Even before that, when he jumps up in the air out of the rubble and his eyes are totally glowing and he's yes, like mm-hmm. and he's breathing like like I am gonna tear your shit up. Um oh, yeah. really close up. Yeah, like it was um it was definitely just like a whoa, man, whoa, whoa, hold on, let's <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Like <laughs> speaking of cinematic, they had me just going, oh boy. <laughs> the whole thing is like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. After you yeah. go through the Temple of Time, I feel like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's fairly bleak. Like it's so bleak <laughs> for a colorful N sixty four children's game. Like <laughs> it's literally dark. Yeah. It's so dark. <laughs> I mean the the. The entire village is burnt down, and they're all dead. They're zombies now. In yeah, in all... the market village, yeah. I remember being so yeah. relieved when I went to Kakariko and saw like a lot of the. It's like they made it. They made, made it into the village. Kakariko. I was like, oh god, they're not all dead. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was gonna say. You yeah. felt better about it a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but then it's like, yeah, and it's kind of like, oh, this was my fault, kind of, because like you opened the the door to the sacred realm, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Really, it was Zelda's fault, obviously, because she told you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is really interesting how you mentioned Kayla and like your sort of summary. You go back to the very last scene is like you returning to Zelda as a child. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, kind of like implies that you're going to like tell her what happened or like how to stop it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all—it's like another kind of like time paradox where it's like now you've returned yeah. to a time where none of this happened. So now you have to make sure that mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> left sort of un- like open. It's like you feel really great, but then when I think about it for more than like five seconds, it's like wait a minute. So like now are we going to do this again? Like we'll return 
to our childhood. Yes, I don't know. It's a little yeah. cyclical. Well, they do yeah. kind of explore. You know, I talked about how it splits the timeline into yeah. three branches, and they do kind of explore some of the like potential negative consequences mm -hmm. and like later, later Games. limbs of the time. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and Link's pretty interesting. Link now knowing he's a Hylian, it's like he's still gonna get shunned by the Kokiri. You know, um, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of the, as a kid, I didn't really think about it too hard, but, but yeah, the more, I grew, the more cynical I got growing up, I was like, oh, this is, this is rough in some spots, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You may be a mm -hmm. hero, but nobody's looking out for you. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Maybe you'll stay BFS with Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. You're and destined like, to be kind of all you got at that point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh yeah, I guess all the sages are gone too because they're in an alternate reality where they're not. Because like Impa would be gone. I don't know. No, no, no. Because it's in the future. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The future the realm seems yeah it does seem kind of sort of separate from like the normal. It seems like they stuff, wouldn't so. exist anymore at all. Yeah, that's like my hot take. I guess. Now, <laughs> like, on the mm -hmm. on the one hand, windmill guy is not mad at you at this. True. Point. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, so there is a good positive that came out of all of this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any other final thoughts about this game and how great it is and how wonderful it is? It was good. <laughs> Even playing the like essentially original version some 20 some years later, it's it's very good. Yeah. And 64 games yes. enjoyable. It yeah. sucks you in. I, there was a lot of days yeah. where I like wanted to play Ocarina of Time. It wasn't like the other games that we. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play Link's Awakening because I thought that it was funny, and like I thought that it was funny yeah. that's like it gets mm -hmm. more and more like existential as the game goes on, and like yeah, and I thought it was interesting, but like Link to the Past, it did get sort of boring. Or I was like, I gotta go do another temple today. I gotta go do another dungeon today. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely didn't feel like that with Ocarina of Time. I was like looking forward to playing it every day. I would like play in the morning before work and then I would play after work and then I would play on the weekends for like hours. Mm -hmm. Like it was really, I played it as much as I could. Um, yeah, and it was great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like you want to explore the yeah. world. Like I talked about how like Zelda 2 like really disincentivized exploring, which like should be a big part of the Zelda game. Yeah. It's like this is the first one where like, I mean, I felt some of it with like... Uh, a Link mm -hmm. to the Past and Link's Awakening, but this is the first one where I was just like, ooh, what's mm -hmm. over there? Yeah. Ooh, what's over well, Link's here? Awakening like... was hard because so much of the flow was sort of, like, gated. Like, you couldn't explore the yes. map. Mm -hmm. Or it was very challenging. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I realized about this game that's so good, is that it, like, with a lot of the, like, even Metro Metroidvania-style games, but, like, just games in general, they gate you off from so much before, like you can't just can't access it until you get an item that lets you explore that mm -hmm. whole area. Here, there's so much that's just open that you just, like the, where further in is a little gated, but you get a taste of the area for pretty much yeah. every area, right? Like you can't you can get to anything that you need like every area pretty easily, pretty quickly, but you just can't go deeper into the very like specific part yeah. of it until later mm -hmm. um and and that's what i think makes randomizer so good for this game especially is that there's so much you can do already and that like you're not gated off from an entire area because you don't have this one small item that just unlocks it 
right? Like Lake Helia, you can just get into cause yeah. that ladder. You don't have to have Epona to jump over those um, yeah, yeah. fences, which I thought you did. Um, but like, or you can jump yeah. off and float down the river. Yeah. That too. <laughs> the river take you. Can yeah. you explain what um, randomizer is for people who are listening who may not know? So randomizer is a modded version of the game that you can play on PC. It is very well fleshed out. It is done, I think, by um, just volunteers who love the game and they know the the game inside out. There's a set it, a, a menu where you can choose how random you want it to be. You can randomize things uh, in a way that the game will make sure that you can physically beat the game. Um, it'll it'll just randomize where anything is. You might go and talk to Princess Zelda, and when you're supposed to get the Zelda's lullaby, you instead get the Megaton Hammer. Mm-hmm. Or you could uh, open up the chest that's normally the long shot, and you get it, and it's just five rubies. There are places that you probably don't know exist in the area. Like in Hyrule Field, there's some rocks that if you blow up, there's a grotto mm-hmm. inside, and there's a small chest that probably has like 10 rubies. Yeah, I think it's Well, rubies. that may have your light arrows. Mm. You don't know. So you can randomize a lot of things, like the items especially, and that's what makes the game really a, a new experience. But you could randomize things like your tunic colors, some sound effects. So horses may start making, uh, they might scream like Redeads. Or they <laughs> I might. I don't like that. They might. Uh, they, they have, uh, uh, what is it? Um, ear safe sound effects. So that it <laughs> okay. won't do something like that. Um, you can change um, warp song locations. So, the, uh, and also um, Kapora Gabora, where, like, there's two places where. You meet him, and he takes you someplace. So instead of taking you either to Kakariko Village or right in front of Hyrule Castle, that might be how you get to the Spirit Temple as a child, Mm. um, is through one of those. Or one of the songs may take you to... One time I had three different songs all take me to Hyrule Castle. (laughs) Mm, Great place to go, but, you know. Wonderful. uh, Your default warp start locations. So you boot up the game, and instead of being in Kokori Forest, you're at the the Shadow Temple warp. You can also change, like, entrances. So you can shuffle all the dungeons. So... You enter, you know, you think you're walking into the Deku Tree, but instead it is the Gerudo training ground. Hmm. Or you think you're going into the Fire Temple, and it turns out that's just the Water Temple. I hate when I misplace my Water Temple. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You could then start going a little bit crazier, and all the indoor entrances are mixed up. Oh, I don't like that. So you think you're walking into the Shooting Gallery... Nope, turns out it's a great uh, a great fairy, and you can get a, an item from there, and she'll give you, I don't know, a bottle. Mm. <laughs> so you could randomize everything, is what you're saying. Basically, and, and you have a lot of control over it. Um, and then lastly is overworld locations. You could be walking out of Kakariko Village into what should be Hyrule Field, but instead it takes you into the Haunted Wastelands. <laughs> Stuff like that. It was very fun watching Cosm do this. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Purely from the randomness of, oh, hey, he opened a chest and boom, now he has the bomb bracelet. You know what I mean? Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. And how, ran- like, you know, a lot of times it was more, pu- it was punishing, but 
it was still um it, it was just a neat spin on all of it um so mm. it was very enjoyable to watch and then yeah so you can tell that game the the, the menu exactly what glitches in the game you know and it'll tell it'll make sure that um using those glitches you can still beat the game but mm. it'll expect you to do those so if you're good at the bomb flip that i mentioned earlier that helps you jump uh bigger distances then um you can normally just go through even with the hover boots it'll randomize things so that you can get those items so somebody um, like me who doesn't know any glitches could also still play this without needing the glitches and it'll like give you an item earlier that you need to mm -hmm. climb stuff or something like that and one more thing about it is there's a tracker that is done i think probably by a separate person um but he also does it in his free time from what i understand so you need to have a rom of the game in order to run the randomizer um i don't remember exactly how i got my I, my friend set it up for me but <laughs> i'm sure there's instructions yeah but um when you download the game the random randomized version of the game it, from the website, it will create a seed log, which you can upload to the tracker. That will tell you, if as long as you keep on top of it, and every time you get an item, you mark that you got whatever, like, I opened the, the boss key in Forest Temple, and then mark off that I got a the arrows. And it'll then say, okay, well, now that you have the arrows... These are the places that you can go to get. Oh, items. so it's so it's like a flex, like a a guide that's like I don't know, personalized. Yeah. Yeah, it's a personalized guide. So so it tells you like, okay, you have all these items, uh, you don't know where to go. Check these things. Mm. These are the ones you can do. And so for as for someone learning, I think it's a very good tool. Again, you have to get in the habit, and if you forget to mark something off, then you might end up being a little screwed. <laughs> but it's it's great because it tells you like where everything is. So you just play the game uh, without any cheats or anything like that, and you just want to one hundred percent it. It will tell you that you know there's there's three grottos in, or well, I think there's like seven grottos in Hyrule Field, and these are the items that are within them. And so you learn where all the stuff is. Another important thing is you can play with friends. Oh. It's not like multiplayer, though. It's like you can complete it together? Or... So there's two different ways. There's single world, where you're both in the same world, and whatever one person does affects you. So if you're in the same dungeon together, and they end up beating the boss, the enemies that are blocking the... the keeping the door shut before you do, your gate is still going to open, and you can skip those enemies. And then if they open a chest, then you can't open that chest, but you get that item. Hmm. Then there's something called multi-world, where now it is your <laughs> items and your friends' items, and however many friends that you're playing with, all their items are shuffled between each other. So you might open up a chest for your in your game, and it's like you got your friend their arrows. So now they have arrows, and they can do stuff, and they may end up getting you your song of time. So now Weird. you can do all your Song of Time stuff. You can see your friend in the game as well. And they are... What a are... co-op concept. Yeah, they <laughs> do technically have a hitbox. So I think if they stand in <laughs> front of you, they can prevent you from winning the shooting gallery, for example. Because <laughs> you keep hitting them. Or you can hookshot onto them to get to places where oh. maybe you weren't supposed to. So if you're really stuck or like, you know what... 
you're in the uh, we've done this before uh we were both in the forest temple he was one key short of being able to get all the way through so he's like you know what go to this place i'll hookshot you and i'm just gonna do it because i don't want to come back later (laughs) (laughs) so you know i mean you can do whatever you feel like um it just you get to really explore the game inside out um, make the settings however you want. You can make it so that you don't need all three stones to become an adult. Mm. You can you can do child dungeons as an adult, for example. Which well, doesn't... easier. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Jabu Jabu is very hard to do, but Dodongos uh, you can do as an adult. You can also shuffle out, randomize it so that, like, only some of the dungeons are going to be Master Quest. It's just... There's, there's just a lot to the game that um, you learn by seeing, like, what the requirements actually are for certain events and what you can do um, to, to complete some of these puzzles with items that you didn't think you could, you know. That's cool. It's yeah. very interesting. There was, there was one we got stuck. We thought that the, that we were, we messed something up. Maybe we forgot to track something, but what it was is in the water temple. Um, there's a spot where you need the long shot to get Escolita in the center tower room. Um, but we didn't have the long shot, and we needed to get that Escolita for something. And as it turns out, what you need to do is put Pharaoh's Wind in that room, then raise the water all the way to the third floor where you can't normally enter the room and teleport back into it. And then you're high enough that you can get that Skeleta without the long hmm. shot. You know, stuff like that where it's like, oh, yeah, I guess if I use these items this way, I can do different things. You know, it's so it's it's interesting. It's fun. Definitely a fresh way to look at it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've done probably at least 15 different <laughs> randomized settings. And every time it's just like, oh, let's go again. I enjoyed that. Let's start over because every time it's a different experience it's different stuff that you have to do you don't know what like where it's going to take you i find it fun to try and do it as best i can by myself but also there's so much so that sometimes i still mark the tracker but i try not to look at it as like these are exactly what i need rather than like kakariko has a lot of things that i can do so let me go there i like it i mean it's it's like using a guide like the tracker is basically a guide like you want to try to explore by yourself and then you have like the this like backup that can give you a hand basically yes. yeah. yeah um and so and and i i played randomizer with majora's mask and i don't think it works as well for a couple of reasons one is the tracker is just not as good the mm. the tracker the, the person who does the tracker for ocarina of time is just it's really fleshed out it's very intuitive very easy to use the one for Majora's Mask is a little bit harder. But also, I think Majora's Mask, there's a lot more areas that are blocked off. You just can't access until you have the item needed for that. So it's hmm. it's still sort of like you need one item, and now pretty much everything over in this area is available. Hmm. You know, like, there's there's very little... Um, there's It's harder to get to, to an area without um, having that item, because it's just used so heavily to... to to access all the parts in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very linear. Like, in, in Ocarina of Time, you go to the Kakariko village several times. You go to Lake Hylia at least twice. You know, you need to go to the forest multiple times. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Majora's Mask, it's basically you start 
in the, the main town. Then you go to the east, and then when you finish all of that, then you go south, and then you go west, and then you go north, and then you're done. So you don't really go back and forth between the areas that often. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Since that's what we're playing next. It sure <laughs> is. A seamless segue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as you know, when peace returns to Hyrule, that means it's time for us to say goodbye. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. And mm-hmm. thank you, Ben, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And make sure that you all join us first for October 1st for Majora's Mask. Which I feel is appropriate, because it'll be spooky. And Majora's Mask is kind of spooky, as far as I understand it. I haven't Mm -hmm. played it before, so we'll see what happens. (laughs) I played it once a while ago, and I'm excited to play it again, because it gave me feelings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to ask what kind of feelings. I guess I'll find out for myself. (laughs) I will say that Majora's Mask is my favorite game of the Zelda series, and I don't necessarily think it's the gameplay as much as it is the atmosphere and... Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I think some of the gameplay mechanics are very cool. Um, the masks, I think, is very interesting um, to mm-hmm. implement. But, yeah, I'm very excited. So cool. Feelings are like, lay on my back staring at the ceiling for an hour. Like, <laughs> contemplating That's life. me in the corner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the spotlight, losing my religion kind of feelings. <laughs> or, okay, well, good. Something to look forward to. I'm going to play it on the 3DS this time because I have to travel. Uh, so. yes. And also... One thing about playing the N64 was that it brought back all the nostalgia feels of having to hog a TV in a shared household. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was kind of a thing. <laughs> I'm going to play on the N64 because I only played it on the 3DS. Okay, so. good. Well, at least if one of us plays the original one, that's good. <laughs> so Yeah, I think I'm going to actually... I bought it for the um, N64, but I think I might actually play it for the 3DS um, myself. Well, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. Okay, good. Ben, okay. you can come back if you want to. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I've actually never played Majora's Mask all the way through. So Again. this is the perfect opportunity. You yeah. got five <laughs> weeks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember when we're recording, but I can tell you. Also, I told he, Ben hasn't played uh, Wind Waker, Cossum. Oh, wow. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I, know. I don't think I played another Zelda game until Twilight Princess, so I definitely took a lengthy break. Um I have but, a feeling that uh, the next 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 games we're going to play are Oracle, Seasons, and Aegis. And I I mean, I've enjoyed the 3D. I don't know if I'm going to look forward to the top-down again, but we'll see. I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, wrong. I think, I think I the, the most recent ones are also pretty decent. Like Link Between Worlds and stuff like that, you mean? Oh, Link, Link Between Worlds was actually good. But I was thinking I of um, F- uh, Phantom Hourglass and... Oh, Spirit Tracks. And Spirit Tracks. I, I feel like those were okay. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard but, a lot yeah, of people well, say good things about the Oracle games. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Something to look forward to later. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like Capcom, weren't they? Yeah, they were a partnership mm-hmm. with Capcom, apparently. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although the only thing that I... I know Capcom makes a lot of famous things, but the only thing I can think of offhand is like Phoenix Wright. <laughs> so... <laughs> Street Fighter. <laughs> oh, Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So join us for Majora's Mask. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. This is all new for me because the podcast I used to do it was it was live, so you just show up, you do your thing. Um, If there was, yeah, I don't think there was 
maybe the, maybe something egregious happened. You could do like a quick wipe, but that was essentially it. Where <laughs> I was you... about to say like a nip slip, and then I was like, wait, it's audio. <laughs> 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 and that's wow. the anacosm. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> I broke him. <laughs> 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 we did Kayla and I recorded a live show once for the Fruit Basket podcast mm-hmm. and nothing bad happened. Oh. That was great. We did wow. we didn't fuck up anything. Probably like a couple words, but like I think that was the most on point we ever were. Yeah, you wow, even played the theme wow. song live. Oh yeah, I played the theme song live because I was like, I don't know how to stream in sound, so I played the theme song live on like a ukulele and I don't remember how to play it because I like wrote it, but I didn't ever think that I would have to play it live so I didn't remember how to play it (laughs) so like 30 minutes before we were recording we were doing our sound check I was like is this it this is it okay I got it (laughs) yeah so I didn't so I live performed a song and (laughs) we replayed our recorded our podcast without any incidents Mm -hmm. but yeah no 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 we can do whatever the fuck we want Ben I edit everything out well that's the thing is like when I hear that you were editing the shows I'm just like I that's pretty wild um it's just different Mm -hmm. but that that it yeah. that does that's refreshing to know that like I don't if I fuck something up it's not the end of the nope. world. Mm-hmm. You, you know? can just say it again, yeah. which is great. Yeah. yeah, we're also explicit rated, so swear to yeah, your you heart's can content. swear whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Just there's maybe... warnings. You can yeah. say fuck so many times. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want. I, I will when the as situation calls for. As many fucking times as it. you want. Yeah. <laughs> Is the train gone? Yeah, I believe it's gone. <laughs> okay, okay. Continue with what you're saying. Because yeah. uh, I want to talk about the Zora King, and I can't wait for you to get to the <laughs> So if you stab and... Wow, don't get too excited. <laughs> what did I knock over? I don't know. I don't know, but to me it sounded like a tape, like we're in the 90s, like a plastic tape box. Yeah. Oh, it was literally packing tape. Okay. <laughs> Wrong kind of tape. <laughs> it's like, so yes, but no. Yeah. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I think that was everybody. And Bowie. <laughs> <laughs>